Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and I'm joined by Mr. Ultra David, Mr. Tubaware. How are you guys doing today? What's up, James? How's it going, man? <laughs> All right. Whoa. What's up, Tubaware? <laughs> what, what are you doing? What What's is up, happening? Right, man? I just heard James, and that was like yeah. really very bizarre. <laughs> and I'm confused. only people that watch. Keep up, all right. You guys, you guys can't handle it. Hope you all had a good week. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, so we're gonna be getting to the topics. We have the Guilty Gear Strive beta is coming this week. We'll talk about it. We'll have other game news, including from KOF, Battle for the Grid, Skullgirls. We got CPT Online NAS number one to talk about. We have an interview with Javits, which is so cool. It's such a good idea. Thanks a lot, Tubbleware. Dude, I've been, have I've been trying five to get five. Javits on the stream forever, dude. Come on. <laughs> Very good. good. Good work, James, also. Then. We're going to talk about which fighting game allows the most personal freedom of expression. Wow, wow, wow. We're going to fight about it. We have some viewer questions as well. There's some other community news to get to. There's a couple other upcoming events. The mailbag is getting weirder and weirder, but let's begin with Guilty Gear Strive. Again, the beta is coming this week. In fact, in fact, it's available to download. And oh, it dang, begins, okay. the server opens at May 13th, 8 p.m. Pacific time. For almost the entire world, that means it's May 14th, to be right. clear. But in where we happen to live, it will be 8 p.m. Pacific time on May 13th until May 16th, just before 8 a.m. Pacific time. So we got a few days to play it. It's going to be a fun uh, several days. That means basically Thursday through Sunday, more or less. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. That's right, at least for us. That's the time. Uh, it will still have versus mode, training mode, tutorial mode. You can play online, of course, but it will have an updated lobby. As we all know how the lobby was, uh, <laughs> you know, not the greatest before. It'll be updated in some way. Eno and Anji will be playable, yeah. and they've shown off some animations for both. Uh, what are you guys thinking about as it comes to just a couple days before this beta? I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Every time I play a video game and it's not Guilty Gear Strive, my brain is telling me it's a waste of my fucking time. Because <laughs> it's not Guilty Gear Strive. Like, I, I legitimately, I can't enjoy other games right now. I try playing Street Fighter and, like, I'll have fun messing around with, like, my buddies. But if I try to play, like, Ranked or anything, I'm just like, this ain't Strive. What are you doing, man? Wow. Even Street Fighter V? Which you have become such a big fan of, it's not cutting oh, it, huh? No, that, that, that game, that game could never cut it. Huh. We're to talk about, we were to talk about games that allow some, some freedom of personality, some expression. That one ain't it. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, what do you about? What about you, James? I mean, I'm super excited about this. Obviously, I can't wait to see a lot of the stuff. I want to see how things have changed. I want to see how the lobby is. Uh, been tweaked as well because like i said i'm i'm actually a proponent of the lobby i just they just need to implement it right and adding stations to the lobby is a really really good start because that is one of the biggest mistakes i think of the lobby was not having the stations like they've had in the previous lobbies um 
But also for me, I'm just I'm really interested in seeing how the uh, lobby system works outside of the floors. I mean, you remember in the last beta, you could go outside and you had this room with the stage that you could jump onto and play and everything like that. I want to see how that works because I definitely want to run a bunch of you know Guilty Gear nights like I've been doing for Soul Calibur and everything like that. So I, I'm super excited to figure out how to get that to work. So the hardest part for me is that. I'm doing CPT commentary this weekend and then you know look alive I'm gonna be doing some commentary for that as well and so I'm getting my shot on Saturday so I may be dead during the part of the time that I'm trying to do any of this commentary and trying to play Guilty Gear I might not actually have a lot of time with this beta which makes me kind of sad but we'll see what happens so Ultra David will you have time to play this time I should have time to play this time yeah I was just thinking I'm kind of be gonna be in the opposite boat I don't have anything that's like specific specifically happening this particular weekend which is awesome you know i'll actually hopefully have time last so, time what did i get like three matches in it i think i watched a little bit of it i forget what i was doing you do have a, a thing this weekend that you, you forgot already oh no do i first of 50 with me live okay. on stream <laughs> guilty gear this saturday okay I also, I, also, I also saw somebody say rollback netcode sucks in the chat. Please ban him, all mods. Please yeah. kick him yeah. out of the... No, I was <laughs> Get him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really excited for it in part because like it seems like a really good game. But also because I didn't get to play it last time. The last time I really got to play Strive was... Dude, was it a year ago that the first beta happened? I feel like it was forever ago at this point. Yeah, long long time ago the one where we barely could ever play basically yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah exactly and so i played that one uh, you know for a while i did actually get some connections through it and i had a really fun time and you know by the end of it i felt like i was playing like reasonably well obviously i don't have gear experience really in that way i've played it but like never seriously so i'm coming at it fresh and i really liked it mm -hmm. so yeah for this one I'm excited to see, you know, what what has changed because I was a little bit aware of, of the previous thing, uh, previous beta and what was in there. But for the most part, yeah, just really, really excited to actually spend time well, playing I'm, Strive. One of the hardest things, though, is that you don't have a character, right? You still don't have, like, a character that you're looking at and being like, I'm excited to try this character because I know you think Potemkin's... You already know he's going to play Potaxel. No, he thinks Potemkin's boring, dude, so... I do think Potemkin's boring, but in the beta, the first beta, I played Potemkin and I had a good time, so, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, I In the first beta, I dabbled briefly with Axel, but... Since he's the more complicated of the two characters, I didn't spend that much time doing it. But now that in this beta, there's going to be a training mode. I mean, I know the last one did too, but I just didn't play it. Um, now in this one, I'll have time. Like I will, I'll probably be playing more Axel than Potemkin, I would think. But yeah, those those are the two. I, I definitely think that those two probably fit me the best. You're right that I think like in the grand scheme of things, Potemkin is no longer like on the cutting edge of what makes a grappler fun. Like I think right. he's definitely like the 20 years ago design and probably should get some changes. But that said, like I still play like Zangief and like <laughs> Zangief is like the most basic grappler, right? right? <laughs> so, yeah. It's just like I, he doesn't inspire me enough to play the game. Unlike like Tager inspired me enough to play the game. Mm -hmm. Potemkin won't do that for me. But if I am playing the game, if I'm otherwise interested in playing the game, yeah, I, I could see myself playing Pot, sure. 
I'm just I definitely think that it makes sense. I'm just curious to see, you know, the little light punch nerfs that they gave to Potemkin and how that's not going to change anything about him anyway, and he's still going to be really good. I mean, the one thing that they... Well, they did say they buffed 6Ps, so if the 6Ps actually could beat Mega... What in the I, world I, is I, happening I, over here? I think someone joined the Discord call. Oh, yes, Javits did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, cameras are all messed up. Uh, so this was the first week that we tried Discord instead of the program that we were, you were using before. And when somebody joins a Discord call, it totally screws up where everybody is in the actual like physical yeah, arrangement. Tell 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 Javits to to disconnect real quick, and then we'll bring him back uh, during the break. We'll bring him back during. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and that's why we haven't been using Discord until now. We just tried it. And, uh, there you go. There you go. But, um, I mean, if they improve the 6Ps, they're actually anti-air better, and they can actually defeat Mega Fist, I think that'll actually make Potemkin a lot more balanced. Like, honestly, the most powerful thing that he had was Mega Fist. It was not, the, it was not Hammerfall, it was not Slidehead or anything. Mega Fist was the thing that was most broken. If they make it so that you anticipate Mega Fist and you can 6P it, that's all you need to do. And then Potemkin becomes a lot more fair. And uh, so I'm actually really looking forward to, to, to playing him and seeing how he is. Because he was really strong in the beta. I mean, that's not why I was winning. I was winning with Potemkin because I'm just fucking good. But, you know, like... Um, Eat know. it, Fenrich. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. So, Well, are you... Interested in trying any of the other characters? This is going to be the first one where Anji's in there, Eno's in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to check them out to see what they do. I mean, I was really interested in Nagora Yuki as well, a character that I really did mm. think needed some buffs, despite the damage output that he could produce. Um, there was just definitely a, a bunch of small things about him. For example, he had a really hard time keeping people out of the air. He had a really hard time keeping people out of the air. It was just very easy to just stay in the air and jump at him all day. And I'm curious to see if, you know, his 6P was a good anti-air. It just didn't have a lot of range. I would like I, to see. I think that's just the Potemkin experience. That yeah. It was easy to jump on Yuki. Maybe. <laughs> his, uh, his 5K is really, really good. And it leads to like a 40% combo. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just like he his standing medium punch had no active frame, so it was almost impossible to meaty people with that button. Like, and it had, like, the smallest hitbox, so if they even jumped, it just missed. And there's a lot of interesting things about him, but he's really cool. He's really cool. Yes. Are you planning to play May again? It's gonna be May. <laughs> I'm not playing any other characters, but not until the game comes out, you know? Like, when the game comes out, I'll have more time to... to lab and learn stuff but let's always play may and unga bunga people for another couple of days and then june 9th hits we'll we'll see who i play but for now yeah i'm probably just gonna play may yeah i kind of feel the same way before the previous beta i wasn't sure whether i wanted to play potemkin or axel potemkin so I'll, i think i'll enjoy both axel i think i actually might enjoy more but I'd have to put in more time to learn what he does. Like, there's more startup time for Axel. Whereas with Potemkin, it's like, 
you look at the guy and you're like, okay, these are the things I do. Like, it's very clear. And within that, there's, like, some cool tech and stuff. It's not like there's nothing there, but, like, it's... The strategy is very obvious. So I can just hop in and begin playing. And in a short beta, that's, like, hard to not do, even though I think I would really enjoy playing Axel. It's just... I don't have that much research time. Anyway, I don't know. I'm still thinking about what I'm going to do. I'm not really <laughs> sold on it yet. It's going to be one of those two, though, for sure for me. Uh, I'm I'm going to probably not spend any time with Anji or Eno. I'm probably not going to spend any time with any of the other characters in the beta. I'll just be playing the beta, and somebody will do a thing with their character, and I'll be like, oh, God, okay, duly noted. And then, you know, it'll be that process of, like, yeah, right. me losing to whatever and being like, oh, okay, well, let's try this instead. Just that, yeah, a little iterative process. It's fun. I like that too. It's it's a little bit well, different than learning other games. Approximately fifty times on Saturday. Approximately so, fifty times. Yeah, wow. So you're saying that I'll be online playing all day, and yeah. I'll be losing some of those. And then when I play al- online against you for our first to fifty, you're gonna, you're I'm gonna, gonna lose less than fifty there. because I'll already have lost the other you're ones that would have otherwise added up to fifty. Plus whatever other losses that you build up over time. I see. But that those fifty are happening, absolutely. Lawyers uh. are hard to argue with, dude. So and, You and, got God, Bub. And t- and trust me, HK Solonero who says, wait, does Soul still have that grappler chill wild throw damage? Look, when he didn't have that damage and had just the ability to combo after it, you lost far more than grappler tier damage. <laughs> When you got caught by Wild Throw in the old game, so trust me, having it do that much damage right now is actually a nerf. <laughs> oh, and man. and in Exert, which you know, of course, I never really ended up playing much. I felt that like maybe Soul was the character for me, which I was always, I don't know, part of why I didn't play is I obviously never really knew who I would use, but he seemed like a grappler in a way that was oh, no. going to be fun to me. So Soul is absolutely a grappler, like yeah, for sure. Uh, if he did not have wild throw he would be a bad character like he actually is more grapplery based than maybe even potemkin you know what i mean like because potemkin can kill you a lot of times without it it's just the threat of it is so scary because of the damage but soul absolutely has to rely on if you took away wild throw soul would not be a character honestly yeah i i think you are absolutely for sure a soul player david (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. So as far as things like grappler or things like damage, we just don't know. They did say in one of their developer backyards that they're intending to have high damage. Like that's part of the design. They were pretty explicit about that. But they also have mentioned that they're still altering stuff. And in the um, the loc test that happened not long ago, some of the damage of some stuff was less, but not others. So right. I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be surprising if it was not that same build, right? If it was not just the Loke test, because right. each time they put a, each time a company puts a game out to be tested in this way, if it's going to be a different version, they have to go through a different process, right? There's like mm-hmm. the rest of the process to make that happen as a kind of like semi-release. So they already have that for this location test. They probably will just put that out for the beta as well. Which is cool with me. Yep. Whatever's easier for them. And like Monster right. Gogo says, if you have high damage, oops, I forgot to actually start highlight the topic. Yeah, I just looked at that. I was like, we, I was like, we're probably over time. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, don't even bother. Well, yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna go fifteen minutes on this. But I mean, basically, if you have high damage, you don't need a comeback mechanic. Yep, that is the philosophy of hyper fighting and super turbo. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. 
Exactly. Which is well, what makes again, it great. It's this week, May 13th slash May 14th, depending on where you are in the world. Look it up for your time zone. Until May 16th is when it will end. So we're going to get a few days to play it. We're going to get a lot of matches. And assuming that the internet is just as good as last time, the online place is as good as last time, practically wherever you are in the world, we'll be able to play. Yeah. Just about. God. It's incredible. I just, incredible. I hope when so the game good. comes out, like the servers don't get weirdly overwhelmed or something. Like, yeah. I hope it's just like this from the get-go because, man, it is going to change the FGC forever if it comes out and the netcode is that good for it's such a high-profile game like this. It's, And, I mean, even like you were saying, Tubo, that you felt like it was even better than Killer Instinct netcode, right? So uh, It for sure is better. Yeah, so it for sure is better. It's not even a question. If we can get that, oh man, and that way the rest of the world can experience it, and that's way, and and that way, yeah. I mean, even heck, it got referenced in this Grand Blue versus article just recently. Grand Blue article that was all about Grand Blue, and they were talking about them. And one of the questions was, rollback is such a big thing thanks to Strive. What are you guys gonna do about Grand Blue Fantasy versus? And they're like. And they literally said in this interview, they were like, look, the game is not designed for rollback. We know that. And we know, thanks to Strive and all this experience that, and they said this, they said, we know that rollback is a must have now. Like that's what they said. And they were like, we can't necessarily put it into Granblue, but you know, if they have a sequel, I'm assuming that means that they'll definitely put it in there and stuff. But that's the kind of information and message that is getting sent shockwaves through the FGC, you know, that that, that even the Granblue people, they got asked a question and they had to answer it as honestly as possible. Yes, we know it's a must have. We can't slide it in there that easily, but you know, we know it's, it's we just didn't plan for it when we created the game and stuff, so. Give me your Dragon Ball Fighters too with some rollback. Yeah, they, oh, are, part of a they are part of ASW Flashy Flash, but remember, Guilty Gear was not designed with rollback. They actually had to tear out the first beta was using the crappy original delay based netcode. Right. 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 And they had to d delete it and put in the new one, which I'm sure has contributed to the continual, you know, delays of Strive and stuff. So, you know, that's the way it works. So. Well, delay no longer. Right. It'll be here in a few weeks. Yep. That's... And the beta will be here in a couple of days. All right, let's move on. God, it's it seems so... Like, it doesn't seem real to me that Guilty Gear Strive is coming out soon. Like, it feels like this game is going to be coming soon forever to me right now. And it's just like, when it comes out, I don't know how I'm going to react. So, Ooh. Yeah, cool. in your face, that's how. <laughs> what? The I want the smoke with everybody in this game. I want the world to know. I want the smoke. From Kizzy K to Johnny Donuts. I want the smoke. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. KOF 15, Rio, Robert announced in a trailer together. Yeah. Of course, previously, they had put out, like, as they do, the little preview hint. Here's a screenshot of what these characters look like. And it said something like, which character is coming next? <laughs> I don't remember the exact phrase. Uh -huh. But that's what it said for each one of these. And this one was pretty clearly two characters. And... 
the screen nevertheless said which character I mean, will be coming next. People were and, thinking yeah. that maybe it was like a fist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, people know? had some wild theories about it. Or like one character's beating up another character in it. Right, or right. Whatever. But it's not like that. It's actually two characters, and it's these two. Did you see the trailer, and what do you think? Uh, trailer was actually really good. Uh, we got a lot more information from this trailer than we've gotten from previous games. One, it was neat to see them added and interesting that the art of fighting team turned out to be real robert and king not yuri so the question was with yuri mai and king all hanging out there and never having a women's fighter team announced it was like which one of them is not going to be on the women's fighting team probably yuri will be with ryo and robert no it actually turns out king is on the art of fighting team which means yuri might be on the women's team with mai but then who's the third character etc etc but um sounds like a logic game question from the lsat james There's too much <laughs> going on in that one the other thing that was really cool though is they introduced a new mechanic in this trailer finally yeah. they 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 showed this new thing that looks very much like a a focus attack which apparently existed in um um uh king of fighters 12 uh you know, a lot of sleuths out there. Gibby noticed that in one of the clips when, when he does the move, it looks like he crouches a little and takes half a step back. So it looks like quarter circle back C plus D to get that kind oh, of wow. an input in there. But what's interesting was that Olaf came out with the idea that, you know, so in all the other videos, we've seen situations where someone's able to do a level one into a level two into a level three. In later videos, we found out that there was some sort of like like max mode startup kind of thing that seems to lead into that because it makes the character glow a little blue. What was interesting in this clip, we never saw any, in this trailer, we never saw any of the level one, level two, level three stuff, and we never saw anyone glowing blue. So Olaf came up with the idea that maybe they're going back to 98 style and there is like an EX mode and an advanced mode that there might be grooves or isms in this game. So maybe you don't get the armor CD unless you pick one groove and then you get the max mode in the other groove. And so that's actually kind of cool. And I think if they brought it back to the 98 style where you had the EX in advance, I think that would actually be really cool. I that's think cool, that Robert should shave his goatee. <laughs> You're not into the goat? That is awful looking, man. He looks what? terrible. He's a, he's, 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 um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Johnny uh, Depp, dude. It's Johnny looks Depp. Like a, yeah, looks like a swashbuckler. Yeah, he's definitely like Johnny he's Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the trailer because, so I, I, I noticed that thing about the, like, wall bounce mm. mechanic as well, the defensive into wall bounce into yeah. combo super, actually. Well, yeah. It's pretty cool. But that was part of, them just kind of treating it like here's a match and like there were other parts of it too mm -hmm. where it was like here's a match like one of yeah. the characters did like try to hit confirm and it was blocked and the other one like tried to do something like there was a little bit of a back and forth and you got a little bit better understanding of like what's mm -hmm. what's actually going on like who what do these characters actually do then right. just like here's some poorly spliced clips that you can't right. really make any t <laughs> heads or tails of this was definitely a better trailer and in fact like if in the future they just put multiple characters out mm -hmm. in each one and have that kind of like, let's have a match between. That would be great. I'd be all for that. Yeah, because you remember they did that 
for the Fatal Fury team when they released Terry, when they revealed Terry, they had that little extra where they showed them fighting, and then they never did yeah. that again. And so, yeah, the benefit of having two characters is able to show them fighting each other, and I would definitely want to see a lot more of that. <laughs> yeah, I like I I agree with Bit in the chat. I don't really care about trailers that show off the combos because the combos like aren't while I'm why I'm playing anyway. Like that's mm-hmm. not not important for me really. I'm sure for some people it is, but I'm I'm interested in like how the game plays. Like that's what's gonna make me buy it or not. Is is the game cool? Does it look fun? Does it to play? And it looks fast too. The way that the, those little match sequences that they had, it looks pretty fast. Yeah. yeah, the game had a really nice pace to it. So yeah, all right, cool. Well, that was nice. Uh, in addition, we have in Battle for the Grid, the Power Rangers game. There's been a Chun Li trailer. Now we heard that she. Was be coming out when there was a Ryu trailer. It was a couple weeks ago at this point. But we uh, hadn't seen an actual trailer for Chun-Li yet. Well, they put one out. You get to see her. She gets to do a bunch of stuff. She looks pretty cool. I mean, the model itself actually they looks good. Showed a dive kick. Not a yeah, head yeah. I mean, she has that too. But yeah, they gave her like, I don't know, like a like a Adon axe kick almost, or like a Makoto axe kick. It's really dope. But yeah, I think she looks really cool. So she releases on May 25th along with Ryu. Cool. So heads up for that. That's so cool, boy. Like I said, how awesome must it be for someone like Shady K to just be like, hey, I get to design Chun in this game, and I get to call from TVC and MVC3 and CV and you know CVS2 and whatever the hell I want. Like, how cool is that, dude? For sure. <laughs> oh man. All right, uh, the last game to talk about here is Skullgirls, in which Umbrella was announced. So I don't have a trailer to show you in the same way, because there's just a small tr- teaser right. trailer for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that teaser trailer, it's basically just like, hey, Umbrella is going to be in the game. Like, it's just yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> However, we do have a little bit of info about her, because there was a slight write-up on the Steam page. So she has... You may never guess it, an umbrella named Hungern. And Hungern is like a living umbrella. So here, here's that write-up of her. Umbrella is a small character with big swings thanks to her living weapon, Hungern. While she is slow with limited movement options, she can use special moves to approach with some risk. Most of her attacks will evolve Hungern in some way. Hungern will get hungrier as the match goes on or after certain actions. And his hunger level will influence his move properties. For example... <laughs> If Hungern is starving, normals that use him are slower, but moves that involve devouring the opponent are stronger. If Hungern is overstuffed, moves that involve him conjuring something from the depths of his stomach may have bonus effects. Hungern is quite ravenous and dangerous, but not yet starving. So kind of in the middle. Expect to be rewarded if you can maintain this narrow window of power. Dang. So... That is super cool. What a what a sick like in between idea. Obviously, the idea of characters powering up in some way or like having to, like, right. you know, what their what the kind of like power relationship is mm-hmm. isn't brand new. But it's also rarely done anyway, and it's a cool concept whenever it pops up. And this seems like an interesting twist on it. Yeah, it seems to me it's a very Robokai esque. Totally Robokai, yeah. Very Robokai-esque style right there. So probably a lot of Robokai influences there with trying to heat up and then use the heat kind of back and forth and such. So 
Uh, but that's kind of neat. I like that. And I mean, honestly, if this character came out in Samurai Showdown, they would be top tier because all Umbrella characters in Samurai Showdown are top tier. So, but, uh, you know, uh, that's really cool. And it's just exciting to me that Skullgirls is getting a season one pass like 10 years later. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, just such a, especially after all that game went through with yeah. everything. Like, I think most people probably thought that that game was done there was yeah. you know no more support and then all of a sudden season one ten years later <laughs> yeah but even That's even cool. if that hadn't happened nobody expected yeah maybe support as in like okay we'll fix a bug here and there but like all these new characters and stuff coming out like that's that's in incredible right. you know I was looking recently at my pictures from the year 2011 like for other reasons yeah I saw and, that. yeah and I saw pics from E3 in 2011, and that's when Skullgirls was on the E3 floor in 2011. <laughs> ten. That's actually ten years ago. You know, yeah. June lies. 2011 lies. That was like two months ago, right? It, it just. <laughs> I I completely understand. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm getting. I got pictures in there with people. Oh, and you oh, know, that on. was like literally ten years oh, later. Okay, you're you're, you're so. cutting off a little bit sometimes, David. When you go loud, I don't know why. That's weird. Do you have your no. detection thing on or something on in Discord or? I don't have anything going on. Okay, okay. Oh, sorry. Anyway, I just I think that's. Anyway, I'm getting old. Dude, I'll so, tell you. Right. I, I just want to respond sure. to Solonero and Chili Daddy. If I had gone to Blaze Blue, Amane was definitely the character that I was gonna play because I love the idea of you doing more damage via chip than not chip. Because it it was just like such a, I mean that was what it was in in old fighting games. Chip damage was actually the impetus for you not turtling. You know I love the fact that chip damage was scary in old games, and we've really lost a lot of that, which is one of the reasons why I hate you can't die by chip damage in five. I mean it makes sense within context of the game. I wouldn't add it in if I had the choice. But, you know, I would like still, I still prefer chip damage death. I just do. I just do. Yeah. So. Dude, I'm killing people by chip with my annoying Baraka variation in MK11. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> that's actually what I'm going for. I'm not playing Command Grab Baraka right now. Uh -huh. I'm just playing, like, I get to have really big extended normals that don't have hurt boxes in them and come out really fast. So I'm stealing turns constantly. Nice. And even normals do chip damage in that game. Right. So I'm just doing chip, 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 chip. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm basically playing Honda. I love it. It's dude, so fun. Aquaman, dude. Aquaman didn't do chip damage. He did fish and chip damage, dude. Let me tell Whoa. you, dude. That was uh that was something else. <laughs> Whoa. Good old fisticuffs Johnny in MKX as well. There's they yeah. had some good. <laughs> that was so funny that animation was genius dude the animation so being so, so bad, bad is what made it so good <laughs> so funny dude it was great it was great uh, all right all right all right that's all for game news that's all i got okay cool okay let's uh let's talk about this tournament here so over the past weekend was the capcom oh god i did it again i can't believe this i always type his name as newfew <laughs> I was like, I can't help, like, when I was streaming Wednesday Night Fights at one period of time, whenever he was on stream, I would type his name as Newfew. I don't know why, and I can't believe I just did it here. Newfew. <laughs> oh, Newfew. Well, you have, uh, I don't know. You fixed it. Congratulations. 
CPT Online NAOS right. number one results. Um, let me just to briefly talk about this, I guess, before even results. Uh, this is only the third of the Capcom Pro Tour events for the year, and it's the first one in North America. And so it was exciting to be able to do commentary for it. Yay! And it was amazing to do it in person. I know James got to do that last time. Mm -hmm. like a blast. I did it this time. It was indeed a blast. It's just really cool to be able to go back to it and do it. And, you know, in to be honest, like, I wasn't having that great of a mental day that day. I just was... But I wasn't... That I just... Oh, hang on a second. Sometimes. Hang on a second, David. Are, are, are you hearing this as well, Tubo? Yeah, he's cutting out. That you keep cutting out every once in a while. Like, your sentence is like... I don't... Wow. So, okay, well, let me get let me get real close to my microphone. Okay. Get real sensual. Get in there. Is that nice helping? Hey, what's up? I'm rambling and saying words to test if it's cutting out or not. Yeah, is it, it sounds, cutting out? Let sounds, me know how's it going. Sounds better this time. Let's try it now. You should uh, make sure your cats aren't chewing on any cords real quick. <laughs> Ajax actually was sitting behind the computer earlier today. It was very yeah, cute. Yeah. I was trying to pay attention to whether he was chewing anything, but I didn't see it. Okay, uh, I guess we'll I'll have, to, I'll have to investigate later. Okay. Uh, I just I just wanted to say that I thought it was really fun to be able to do commentary offline. Yeah. Uh, before I went there for commentary, it's in it's in Burbank, which is a city not too far away from mm -hmm. where I live and from where James lives. Before I went there that day, I wasn't having a great mental day. I wasn't set. I just was feeling distracted, which happens sometimes yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really think that it was going to go great. I kind of was like expecting it to not go well, mm -hmm. and. As it started, I was still like, eh, I don't know. But then, like, when the first match happened, after it did, I, like, thought about it in my mind. And I was like, I feel like that's the best commentary I've done in an entire year. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> what happened there? And then I was thinking about it. And I thought you and like, probably the best commentary that I'd seen you two guys do mm -hmm. the last time for, like, a year. And I think that's probably not a coincidence. The, <laughs> the offline, it makes such a big difference. It's so good. And uh, when I did the commentary with Jeremy, it was just because, you know, when we're doing it here on Discord, you have these situations where your voice cuts out or yeah. when one person tries to interject something, the other person can't hear it until they talk for like 10 seconds, which is awkward. And like, there's just all sorts of crazy things going on on Discord. And when you're live in person, you're able to go, oh, my God, oh, and then, like, I want to say something. I want to say something, you know, like it just makes the commentary flow so good. And it's so nice. Big boss with the spaghetti sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I said that line because Tubbleware sent me a text. So I've been doing this for, I guess, also 10 years, probably. But mm -hmm. if you have a stupid idea of something you want me to say, just, like, send me a text. And Obviously, I'll keep, it. It, keep it clean, guys. Like, don't. Well, yeah, there's stuff that I can and can't say, of course. Right. But within that context, like... You know, I'll figure out a way. You know, to I mean, to in. be I, fair, Big Boss fun. with the spaghetti sauce, I thought was kind of an easy one, right? Because anytime anything crazy happens, you just would basically say, "Oh my gosh!" And Samurai, the Big Boss with the spaghetti sauce. You know, like I mean, I feel absolutely. Like so when Tubbleware sent me that text, I asked him what the context should be because uh -huh. I was like, oh, man, whatever." And he kept he made it easy on me. Right. It was your first. It was your first tournament commentary in person in over a year. Come on. <laughs> True. I will True. say I do have one critique of your commentary, David. There is one thing that I have issue with, is that you okay. keep calling Rose's thing a gin fireball. When that thing you has existed, because that thing has existed a billion times before gin. <laughs> 
Kyrie had it in EX. Jedha has it in all of Darkstalkers. Dormammu has Dark Hole. That thing has existed far beyond Jin. So it is not a Jin fireball. <laughs> I don't think that the other two, the first two you mentioned, I don't have any experience with, but I don't think that it's like Dormammu. I don't think it's the same move. Because we're, we're not talking about him just like doing the thing and then it goes. It's also like you put it out there and then it appears and then you can walk around. Yeah, like, I mean, Jetta does that. Jetta can do that, dude. He can definitely do that. Okay. Jetta can do that. Uh, that is true. Yeah. Okay. But Dormammu right. stuff. It's, it's an actual projectile. Yeah. Jetta's yeah, existed yeah. forever. There's a lot of characters with plant something on the screen and it explodes and you can do stuff. So it's not a gin fireball. I refuse to credit well, anything to cross tech. A, a raven fireball. A raven fireball. Yeah, it's a raven yeah. fireball too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the one I'm familiar with. Is yeah. raven. That's why I said it. Everybody knows. Thanks, <laughs> buddy. Like I said, I refuse to let anything be credited to Street Fighter Cross Tekken when it is not credited to them. So there you go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna continue saying, Jin Fireball. Uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun Jedi fireball. to do. <laughs> so. As far as the results go, we can just say that Nephew won the whole thing with Colleen. He lost a single game in the entire tournament. He didn't lose a set, of course. He lost one game in the whole tournament. And that was it. He blew everybody else up. Oh, two. And it's not like he was just playing scrubs the whole time. It's not like he had some lucky bracket. Like, he it through good player after good player. And just beat everybody really badly. <laughs> yeah, you know, Midwest boys, no big deal. So, That's how we do. people were talking to me about this, and is this true? I'm actually not sure about this, but uh, the reason why Punk's not entering is because he actually moved to Florida, and he's in a gaming house with Smug and CJ Truth, so Smug lives in Florida now? Is this true? Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they moved to the East Coast, yeah. Ooh, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know Smug didn't live in New York anymore. That's crazy. I, yeah, I think that's... Uh... Late last year or earlier this year, something like that. They, they okay, were. okay. But, I uh, mean, yeah. as as a result, though, I mean, I feel like the top three in that tournament, given the top 16 that I saw started with, didn't surprise me at all. I've been saying for a long time that I think Mira is one of the strongest up-and-coming players, and she just needs that breakout tournament. This one might have counted if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, Nephew kind of dismantled her pretty badly in the matches that they played. But, you know, there was one time where people were talking about the best Lauras in the world, and I was like, you know, I know she's not quite Idom and all this other level, but I think Mira's right there. And uh, I feel like I'm not surprised at all by the top three that we saw. And top four, frankly, with Commander Jesse being in fourth place. I think that's exactly the results that I would have expected for top four. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it was he, he definitely beat everybody badly. I was super happy for Mira. You know, Nephew was the, one of the qualifiers of the two CPTNA Wests last year. And the other one was Samurai, and that was two out of the top three. So that's pretty amazing <laughs> consistency among those two. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think to say about this is that a little, little bit about the characters, because there were no Kami's in top eight. Of course, Kami had won the previous two mm. CPT events. She wasn't even in the top eight. There was one Kami in the top 16. And you know how many of another character were in the top 16? There were three of them. You know who I'm I talking about? I thought there about? were four. I thought there were four of them, weren't there? 
Not in the top 16. There were three of them. Okay, okay. Three Dalsims in the top 16. And yeah. two Dalsims in the top five. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs yeah. to my boy, who didn't get killed where, after where all. Art? I wish Art wasn't so busy so we could bring him on the show and harass him for crying about Dalsim nerves for, like, three weeks straight. And now that character is his body and tools. Dude, every... It actually would be pretty good to have that conversation with him. You know, I'm still in the Sim Twitter DM group, even uh-huh. though I haven't really, like, played Dalsim in that way for years at this point, but... I'm still I'm still in there and I like you know peep in now and then and yeah when this season dropped they were all like oh he got nerfed he got nerfed he got nerfed and a couple of them were like well you know V shift maybe it'll help or like hopefully V shift will help or Capcom believes V shift uh, will help and then now they're all like yeah Sim's really good <laughs> I mean let's put it this way I do talk to Arturo a lot because of like Macharino stuff and things like that and every time I talk to him I give him shit about it. And, you know, he's honestly said, he was like, yeah, yeah, he's really good. I've, I've been winning tournaments with him. He's like, V-Shift yeah. really has made him very strong. And then he was like, the nerf to the anti-air jab means now that I am just have to be better and I actually crush counter anvil people out of the air now and get better damage. So he's like, it just made me a better player. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, that was pretty good. He won like five tournaments in a row at one point in time just recently, like in the last month. Dude, Dalsim is super good. I, I, I like good. I said, I, I, I love giving the Dalsim crew a lot of crap for for how much that they thought he was such a terrible character at first. Cause the the I wouldn't give him this much crap if it wasn't every single time we got a patch. We got a new V skill two. This V skill two is useless. You can't do anything with. Wait, actually, this V skill two is actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, like every time Sim gets a patch, and every time a patch comes out, it's always like that's the worst thing ever for Dalsim. And then it turns okay, out that well, it's all he, good. He was bad for a few years, so oh, it's yeah. not like they're coming from nowhere. Early on, but yeah. yeah, in the last last year and a half, he's been good. Yeah, yeah, he's super good character, dude. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, uh, potentially maybe even top 10 this season at this point. So I think he's really, really good. So the records, the, the results, I think, are showing that a lot. So I need my boy Will Tupac to win, like, five tournaments in a row. That would be sick. Dude. Oh, I can look at James and go like, what about Lucia James? Dude, I would be so happy if he could do that, dude. I would be so happy if he could win that many tournaments with Lucia, dude. Because I, like I said, I think she's significantly better than I originally thought she was now that I've changed the way that I've playing her. I still think she's bottom four. I mean, bottom fourth fourth uh, so bottom 10 character because there's freaking 44 characters in this game so that's not even bad so <laughs> but within the grand scheme of things being bottom fourth means you could win tournaments in street fighter 5 like even the character that people say is the worst which seems to universally be nash i think nash is underrated as well too i actually don't even think nash is as bad as people say he is so saying that a character is bottom 10 basically is meaning nothing in this game so yeah sounds right all right that's it about the tournaments here i don't have anything else to say unless you guys do all, all i just all, just just to expand on that concept god street fighter 5 is in such a good state right now god like 
it's gotten when I was doing like the 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 the, the, the beginner stream, by the way, so people know on this, I do beginner streams. If I'm not actually commentating the event, I'm going to be restreaming it. So not this weekend, but the weekend after that, I'll be doing another beginner restream on that. And uh, dude, I'm spitting fire on those streams. I'm telling you right now, like some people are in there. They're like, you have explained Street Fighter V the best way I've ever heard anybody explain this game. You know, like I, they are like, people are like, you know what? I might give this game a chance again. Cause now I understand how the game works a little bit more. But on that stream, I just kept saying how much I love the way Street Fighter V is right now, even though it's not necessarily the game for me, even though it is a little more, you know, less heart based. I do acknowledge that every fighting game at the highest level is heart. But like uh, Street Fighter V included, especially Street Fighter V. In fact, I think at the highest level, Street Fighter V is one of the most heart games there are. There is, um, but you know, I just love the way this. It, it feels like a worthy entrant in entrant into the Street Fighter pantheon of series right now. Street Fighter V honestly feels like one of the best Street Fighter game series of of them all to be honest so i agree with that it's for me it's between this and third strike and mm. i'm not sure that third strike is going to keep winning so. <laughs> yeah tubbo but you think <laughs> it's the second best one so hello no comment you, you definitely think <laughs> no it's comment. street fighter 4 no I, I don't i actually don't think it's the the, the second best street i know you like four the best four is the best for sure what's your second Absolutely. favorite and now. probably alpha 2 You've never played Alpha 2 in your life. I have played Alpha 2. I've played a lot of Alpha 2. <laughs> I played Ken. Were you old I enough to play Alpha 2? <laughs> You've played Alpha 2 like probably 50 times. I've played Alpha 2 at least 100 hours. Does that count? That's a, at least. At least. That's enough for me to know I like a game or not. You've played more SF5 than that. For sure, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean I've enjoyed it. <laughs> I've done a lot of. I go to work every day, bud. That doesn't mean yeah, I all right, love buddy. It. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think I think my second most played Street Fighter probably is Street Fighter Four. Probably is. It's probably Street Fighter. It might actually be Street Fighter Four number one, then Street Fighter Five, yeah. mm -hmm. and and then Third Strike and Super Turbo. Yeah. That actually might be my my ranking still. Yeah. But um, in fact, because over the last month, uh, I haven't been doing anything but playing Mortal Kombat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, that, that's all I wanted to get in there at the end was just I just I love the way five is right now. I, I even though, like I said, the game frustrates me and I have trouble with it personally. I, I know what you're supposed to do in the game. I get how the game plays. I get what they're trying to do with it. And I really, really enjoy. I just feel like that they've done such a good job in the last year and a half for this game and I'm, I'm just, I, I, I just enjoy it so much I love watching it right now honestly it's like one of the most fun games to watch well I agree with that alright let's take a break Yep. and when we come back we're going to have Javits on which is going to be a cool conversation we'll talk about oh, his yeah. playing career his lab monstering career Street Fighter 5 yes, fatherhood probably oh that's right yes okay alright we'll be right back guys Hello, welcome back everybody. We're jumping right into the interview here. We have our man, Mr. Javits here, joining us on Ultra Gen TV. How are you doing, sir? 
I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming, but uh, I'm happy to be here. And uh, yeah, let's talk. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it kind of is a long time coming because both Tubbo and and James, who basically have been like doing the interviews, have wanted you on for a, a long time. So yeah. um, shout outs to them for making this happen and for you for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, cool. So we have you on here to talk about your your playing career. We're going to talk about your lab monster stuff and kind of how that what your inspirations are and how you do that. Uh, but I think it would be cool for you to just talk about it at the start. Like, how did you get into competitive fighting games? Like, what's your history in the FGC? All right, so um, my break into competitive fighting games was, uh, as you know, I'm from New York, and um, I used to play at my local arcade just like everybody else, you know, a local laundromat or a chicken spot or whatever. <laughs> and I kind of just used to follow my brother along at... Uh, he used to kind of take me to all these different arcades, and one day when I was around 12, he took me to Chinatown Fair, because uh, little by little it was like slowly progressing, like better arcades in the in the areas, and um, you know wanted to find the better players. And uh, I first started going to Chinatown Fair around the time that CVS One came out, so that was like late 99, 2000, I want to say maybe early 2000, somewhere around that time, a little bit before that, but it was like it really blew up when. CVS one came out and um and yeah I kind of uh I, I I always just liked the the environment from being there and all that and uh but uh actually I took a when I got exposed to Chinatown Fair I actually um got into competitive gaming in another genre that a lot of people might not know this but I used to play Counter-Strike competitively oh. in high school okay yeah all right. All right. So I used to all play right. on a team uh yeah I used to go to LAN tournaments and stuff, so that was kind of like wow. my first taste of like competing in actual tournaments and stuff. It was actually not in fighting games; it was actually in a shooter shooting game. Um, and then when I got when I started college, in my college they um, they had a little bit of a video game club, and they used to play Third Strike. And um, so I used to I, I kind of got the the itch to start playing fighting games competitively again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mid 2000s, and that was right around the time that uh, Street Fighter 4 got announced. Street Fighter 4 got announced, like I want to say, like maybe 06, 07, like when they first hinted at it, mm-hmm. and then it actually came out in the summer of 2008 here in New York. And uh, that game just kind of like I had been like a little bit, little bit of competing here and there, like small tournaments and stuff, but like nothing major. But that game just blew up, uh, you know. It kind of like revitalized the scene. I want to say like, every, oh yeah, a lot of people like. I don't want to completely say it revived the FGC because there was still a facet of the FGC that was still alive and well, especially with like the Arxis games and those games that never. It was. It didn't feel like a the, the dark ages for those players. Yeah. It was. It, it was mainly mainly a dark ages for like the Capcom scene, which is like the bigger scene of the mm-hmm. FGC. Um, but you know, being that I, I was one of those Capcom playing. Uh, you know, gamers, uh, <laughs> Street Fighter 4 just kind of like refreshed everything. Like, everybody just sure. wanted to play yeah. everything again, not just Street Fighter. Like, you had people playing Marvel again, you had people playing like all these games again. So, that's kind of like what really got me into competing. Um, kind of, uh, it sounds funny, but just because uh, West Coast had gotten Street Fighter 4 at the same time as New York, so yeah. there was like that that uh, every player of their respective character kind of felt like a responsibility to, like, rep their scene. And um, 
you know, I, I kind of became like the New York Balrog player or whatever. And I used to like, <laughs> you know, attend like, you know, final yeah, round and all these tournaments back then. Actually, the first tournament, I don't know if you guys remember that, that East Coast played against West mm-hmm. Coast was not final round. It was actually sensation. Yep. <laughs> I do know it was sensation. Yeah, it was sensation. And Gutex whooped our asses right. with, uh, which is actually how the, the, the term Gutex shimmy yep. was actually right. at that tournament. When he was like blowing everybody up with like walk in, walk out, crouching medium punch, rush punch, blowing mm-hmm. us up with that, and I was like, "Oh my god, why is that working?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean, to to put um, everything into context, though, because this is actually one of my all time favorite stories about how East Coast West Coast rivalry made everyone better. To be fair, you guys had one machine at Chinatown Fair, right? And like it was like limited to like seven game win streak and like every it was like a dollar and every time you won you had to like wait every time you lost you had to wait like two hours. We're like in SoCal we had like five, six, seven machines everywhere. So it was easier to practice here. Yeah, we had one machine um and it was uh, six six game win streak, a dollar per game, and yeah, the lines were insane. We were like, if you lost, you were waiting for like, oh man, an hour and thirty minutes at least to play again. Like, it was like <laughs> wow. And I, I I I swear I must have dropped like seven hundred dollars to a, probably a G playing that game Jeez. in the arcade. Like, cause it was a dollar a game, and I never went down. That shit just stayed there. I was like, damn. When I when I went back and did the numbers, I was like, I played, I don't know, fifteen games today, and oh, man. I was doing that five days a week. <laughs> don't for a don't month do that, count. Don't do the math. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, to get a little a little bit into uh, how I started getting into like the tech side of things, um, I had always had like an interest into how the system mechanics mm-hmm. of games worked, uh, especially with. Um, that started with like the CVS two because uh, that game had a lot of grooves and a lot of different mechanics in that mm. game. I think that game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but has probably the most mechanics in a Street Fighter based style fighting game. Like it yeah. has, it has delayed wake up, it has rolling, it has jumping, super yeah, jumps. I mean, like quantity-wise, for sure, uh, it might be that or Alpha 3, because obviously Alpha 3 has the isms and stuff, but I think CVS 2 has it beat, for sure, because there's just so much stuff in there. They even had some mechanics that weren't even in the game that you could turn on on the home version with the custom grooves and stuff yeah. like that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I used to... Um, and this is funny that, you know, you guys have me on, because my first like way of of going into tech was actually i used to go to the library after school and read up on the faqs that you used to write james for like (laughs) (laughs) and i used to read up on that and i used to watch your combo videos and stuff and then like and and i i was like damn how's this like how this all working and i used to like you know read those faqs and be like oh wow there's like frames and like At like, the library too, my mind wow. back then like I, you know so little by little i started to learn more about like the deeper mechanics of games and how i can apply that to the game and um and that, be, that it really became a necessary thing in street fighter 4 yeah. to like elevate you know the game t- t- in that way because the comp- the competition was so high it wasn't 
you couldn't just get by and just having like raw skill anymore because mm-hmm. everybody was having raw skill. So like you needed to have an edge somehow. Like mm-hmm. how can you optimize every situation? How can you have a counter for all these like new moves that are coming out? Or like how do these mechanics work? How can you take advantage of them? And it, I kind of like made it my responsibility to like make sure that all my group of players that were competing against like you guys, um, were like all prepared with like all the stuff. So I was like, <laughs> I would always literally be like bugging all my friends, like sending them like this, like like combos and videos and tech, like counters, things like that. Like I would, I would text Joel, I would text Justin. Dude, like I still, I, I mean, you hear, them. you hear it every time I commentate. I still blame you for half the stuff that Idom is doing when, <laughs> when he, when he stuns people with Laura, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, that, what, what's so funny about that? Idom is a special case because he's he's like so good that he doesn't need to use anything that I do. So it's right. like, I, I post all this optimal stuff, but he's like he doesn't even need to use it because he's just killing you anyway. So right. It's like, so yeah, yeah, you just but, made uh, you just made a terrifying player even more terrifying is what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah, but but um, but yeah. So I I I've always liked uh you know being able to like squeeze out as much juice as any mm. situation as much as possible because uh you know in high competitive play you know sometimes these matches are decided just like by pixels and it, any any little extra bit of damage or. Any kind of little extra oki that you get, whatever that the case may be, to optimize each situation, I think is super important, and um, and that's kind of why I've always just kind of fell in love with, uh, you know, finding that stuff and sharing it with everyone so that they can like elevate their game and it kind of brings up the the whole skill of everyone collectively. I kind of like what I like to do. At, at what point did that kind of thing become more of your driving focus than competing yourself? Uh, just kind of, um, you know, as I was getting older through life, I, I, I did compete and I, you know, I did well in a, a couple of tournaments that I entered, you know, I, I was always kind of like that guy that never necessarily got into the top eights, but I would always be like top 24, top 16. Gatekeeper. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like getting in there, like up there, but not like in the money per se all the time. Yeah. Um, and, but I still felt like. I, I, I still want to be involved with the scene, even though I got other things going mm-hmm. on in my life and, you know, with my career or, you know, congratulations, congratulations, by the way, on your, contrib- on your kid. Yeah, so I still <laughs> felt like I had a lot that I could contribute and I didn't see anyone else at the time, like contributing as, uh, you know, putting out as much tech as I do. So I was like, oh, this is easy for me. I have such a, a quick and fast method of, of figuring things out and putting it out there that you know it doesn't cost me anything so my, why not it was that kind of thing like um you know and, and as you can see like uh you know rose for that boy street fighter 5 rose just came out and uh you know in, in about a week i already had about 45 videos or something like that and I, yeah yeah and and that was the first time that i actually kept count because i have a youtube now and i'm like right. wow in just one week i have like over almost nearly 50 videos so it's like i you know <laughs> I do feel that I have like a, a kind of a built-in method that I have. I'm very quick to figure out what right. I'm looking for and mm-hmm. how to like execute it um, and find the result right away. So yeah, I, I, it, I, it's, I, it's a fun process for me. Um, as as a tech monster, there is a certain mindset to it, and and again, understanding the systems makes it so that you know what to look for. Right, you're already already thinking about all the cool things you can do just by nature of your uh, scientific brain basically yep. yep yeah what do you 
how would you describe what the method that you have is? All right, so basically when I first uh, pick up a character, like just blindly pick them up, um, I first, just like anybody else would, I would first test out like what their uh, uh, universal mechanics are, like what's their crush counter, what is their, uh, you know, damage, or their, their, their button that's, that leads into bread and butter combos, right. what is yeah. their this, like, you know, what are their essential tools that kind of everybody else has, and then once I determine that, then I see like, okay, I set that aside, and then now what, are the, what do they have that's unique? And, um, you know, what sets them apart from other characters? And then, and then I kind of see, like, where I can meet that in the middle kind of thing. Like, where I say, like, oh, okay, so this is their basic stuff, and this is, like, their unique stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I get into the unique stuff, that's where, like, the, the juice and the cool stuff is at. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it, it, it's always nice when a character comes out of the gate with a lot of uh, <laughs> variety of tools. Mm -hmm. Um Definitely makes it more fun to keep exploring. And um, in, in the example of Rose, like, you know, they, they gave her her soul illusion, which is like a custom combo. That's like, it doesn't get more freestyle <laughs> than that. So I had a lot of fun uh, exploring all the different routes and punishes and situations that you can, you know, optimize her, her soul illusion. Um, so, but yeah, generally that, I, I start with the basics and then I, I look for like, ways to like keep at building on top of like the, the small i start with like really small discoveries and then i feel like okay i how can i add to that how can i add to this and yeah. maybe combine some of my other discoveries from before and that's kind of like, like how i how i build up on it well so give me an example with rose as she came out pretty recently you then put like a bunch of tech vids out for her you know walk me through like in that in that example so people have more of a concrete like grounding of how this works like when you when you saw rose how did you approach her and how did what did you want to figure out about her first? What stuff did you come up? What were the first videos you? What was your process there? Um, all right. So yeah. So like like I said, I, I first just really explore super basic how her normals work and what her crush counters are. Um, and then you know there's different types of crush counters, like ones that keep you grounded, ones that launch you, ones that are just like a poke mm -hmm. that you probably get a knockdown from it or something. Um, and what struck, what jumped out to me, um, aside from her V trigger was her, the, her new move, the soul punish, um, uh, where she like sets out like a, yeah. basically like a time bomb on the screen. Oh yeah. The street fighter cross tech and gin fireball. Right. The, yes, the, the dark exactly stalkers, that. the, 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 the Jedi fireball, the sickle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have to agree <laughs> with David that that's a little bit more like the gin fireball because the Jedi fireball. It kind of throws it out and then it like spins, but this is like she chooses where it's gonna appear. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the scythe? I didn't even think that doesn't seem like the same thing to me, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, moving on. Right, but <laughs> sorry, got James. all these cross Tekken fans <laughs> over here. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, get out of but here, yeah, Javits. I'll see you later in those <laughs> Um but yeah, I definitely saw that the, that um there was Definitely going to be a lot of potential with that move in particular, um, being that it's a move that you set and then like you something happens at a later point, um, and and with that one, I was able to find some really cool like instant overhead setups that uh, that um, you could set it out and then do like a long combo and then right before it blows up, you do like an, an instant overhead that causes a reset, um, and you could do another combo. So like 
I definitely saw a lot of potential mm-hmm. for like finding tech with a move like that. So that's why like I did a lot of exploration with that move in particular. Um, and when characters have moves that are kind of uh, outside of like uh, outside of the norm, like there's no other move like that in the game. I don't think that that mm-hmm. or that quickly comes to mind. Um, that, those, are, those are usually the types of moves that like I really try to explore more and um, and try to find some new things with. I do so what makes just, you think I, about doing the instant overhead? Oh, um, well, that's one of the things that I always check with characters when I um, I check which buttons they can use <laughs> for instant overhead because there might Makes be some application me. where yeah you can use it for a stun or you know get in a combo with it or something. So um, when I saw that her jump light kick uh, hits, you know, can hit you while you're standing, I knew that that means that it can be used as an instant overhead. Um, so that, that, that also comes from me, uh, my understanding of just the, the systems of the game. So like, basically if a character is standing and you do a instant jump attack and it hits them, then that means that you can use that normal as an instant overhead. Right. If you use a fuzzy guard, like mm-hmm. if you make them block an, a, a high attack that keeps them in long enough blocks, then, then you can do an instant overhead with that attack. If it's fast enough to hit them while they're standing then it's fast enough to be used as an instant overhead. Right. That's kind of like a general rule that I found. So I, 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 I could quickly identify those types of moves and, and, and all, all it takes after that is figuring out how I can apply it. Right. And like, cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to help people sort of figure out like what the mindset is and what well, kind of things people uh, check. I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, to talk about on that is because one of the nice things about what Javits comes up with a lot of times, it is practicality. And so I think what you're trying to do, right, Javits, you're trying to find mix-ups that could actually be used in actual matches, right? So that's kind of why you want to do the instant overhead stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yeah, because definitely if you couldn't, if, um, an instant overhead, especially if they're, um, really, if their stun is really high, that could, you know, you can hit them with one of those, and they could the next combo could probably a death combo. Um, so it's definitely important to learn little techniques like that. Um, and one thing that you mentioned that I just do, you know, now that I have this platform to talk about it, is that not everything that I post is meant to be practical, <laughs> and I do that intentionally, and I want to just say that because sometimes I'll post something that it's kind of just more like exploratory where I just want to mm-hmm. like show like a concept or maybe something that can be applied somewhere else. Or sometimes I just want to post cool combos that do a lot yeah. of damage. Not necessarily <laughs> something that is in the realm of like, oh, this can always happen in a real match. Sometimes I just do, I want to see cool stuff. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I just want to challenge everybody whenever you see Javits put a combo out on there to actually try it yourself and you'll find out how often you need to micro walk in like seven spots, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 that's something that um I do enjoy personally finding like car- like any combos that um because you know Street Fighter Five is kind of known as like an easy execution game, but there are certain combos and just like any opportunity that I have that I can find that like kind of breaks that that uh, perception of the game, I find fun. So it's it's always cool to find like stuff that needs manual adjustment or like you know, little micro tailoring or, you know, something like that to yeah, like yeah. really make the combo work. Um, that's always fun. So like, but, like um, David was asking you a little bit earlier, um, you know, like what made you look for instant overheads and fuzzies? I understand, like, you know, as a fighting game player myself, I understand why you would look for that stuff. Right. What in, what, like, what happens in your brain that goes, 
if I walk for one frame, then I'll be able to land the uppercut. Like, that's nothing that would ever would occur to me. I'll just be like, oh, that shit doesn't work. But you, on the other hand, go, I can walk for exactly three frames, and then the uppercut lands in the right spot. Like, how do you figure that type of stuff out? Like, that's that's the wild part to me. Oh, well, yeah, that that's usually because... um. Sometimes, like, when I see, let's say, certain... That usually applies to juggles, what you just described. Like, oh, like, you need to walk, like I say, a perfect frame to get a combo. Usually, I, I try stuff like that when I see a combo that's, like, looks so close, like, it's about to work. <laughs> then I immediately, you know, get the idea, like, oh, oh, it might work if I try some little mm-hmm. adjustment somewhere. At some point in the combo, it could probably use an adjustment. Um, so I don't give up on something just because it d- didn't work the first time that I attempted it. I'd be like, I look at it and I think, hmm, maybe there's a way to m- get this to work. Yeah. So that's kind of like the, and sometimes I'll revisit stuff that I looked at like weeks ago and I'll be like, I'll try it again. I'm like, oh, I, I could have done something there. And then I make up, sometimes I make new discoveries based on old dis- discoveries. So yeah, as long right. as like you have that mindset, like that, that, that there's always at least a possibility of something, no matter how hard it is, just knowing that it's possible um, kind of opens your mind to like look for other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do want to read go. one little quote on the chat up there uh, from uh, someone posted basically from PR Rog said, I made none of the SF4 Rog combos that I use. It's all from Javits. <laughs> you were his secret advisor way back in the Street Fighter 4 days. I remember that. You were always helping him with all the, the Balrog combos and such. So, but uh, yeah. uh, one of the things that, you know, I've often said about the fighting game community, people usually ask me, like, who should I follow on Twitter and stuff like that? I saw that you have like 12K followers on Twitter right now. And honestly, I think that's criminally low. So <laughs> uh, I've always told people that I think your account, High Fights account, are probably like the two most important FGC accounts to follow if you're a Street Fighter Five fan. So this is my message to people in the chat that you definitely should follow this guy on Twitter if you can, because <laughs> he'll have all the tech for you. Except if you're a Lucia player, because you still haven't done anything for Lucia yet. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to her at some point. Um, <laughs> here's what I'll say with regards to Lucia, just to kind of uh, close the lid on that. So I, I do see a lot of potential with her bouncy fireball. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. juice there, but maybe I'm wrong about this, but everything else, like all her routes to me feel uh, a little bit canned. Like it feels mm-hmm. like, oh, this was clearly meant to follow into this. Yes. This was clearly meant to follow mm-hmm. into that. It, it doesn't feel like anytime I see something, like everybody else has already found it. Yep. And it, that's it, the that's the main a reason. Lot of like variety in what I can find. Yeah. With, I mean, that's, that's what I always feel when I um, when I use her, when I try her out. What, and one of the main the reasons. The irony why... of that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and yeah, the irony of that is that I I, I main Sagat now, who's like supposed to be like one of the more rigid characters mm. who's just doing fireball uppercut but he has like way more fun combos that like involve micro walks and little cool mm. little things that i've found for him and they just I, I find that surprising that he's supposed to be like a way more basic character but he actually has yeah. a lot more variety in his ability to combo than she does in my opinion yeah, I mean, look, the only reason why I'm trying to get you to do Lucia stuff is so that you can basically be the authority that can say, 
Yeah, actually, she doesn't have that big of a variety. You, most of her routes don't work. And so I can use you as ammo. It's like, see, they don't let her do things that she should be able to do. Because honestly, yeah. it is true. It is true. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's, she, she doesn't get that much variety. And then also, but at the same time, you're creative enough that maybe you could find some new juice that nobody else did. So that would make me happy, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try it for sure. I'll definitely try her out. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what changed about her this season. That's how much I haven't really right. looked at her, to be honest. I don't know what Just changed. bring it on guests to beg them for tech for your own character. I know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you thought about doing this kind of stuff for other games too, or is it really just Street Fighter V or, or whatever the Street Fighter is? At the time. Um, yeah, so definitely I will always do this for whatever the, sh the current Street Fighter game is, but the next game that I want to um, like explore a little more deeply is when Strive comes out. Oh. I do want to play Strive and yeah. you know kind of dig deep with that it game. It does look really fun. Um, <laughs> I really like, you know, especially about the netcode that is going to like, uh. you know... I want to support that game just straight up on the netcode. Even if the game yep. could be like not that good, but I definitely want to support the game because of the netcode yep. because what it represents for the fighting game community, I mm -hmm. think, is really important. Yes. Um, if that sets the standard for where netcode should be at this point and, you know, where we are with fighting games, then I, I think everybody should support that game, you yeah. know? You know Agreed. That, all agree. fighting games, I think, should be, be able to play it by everyone together all over the world. So... Um, I definitely support how much importance they put into netcode for that game, and uh, you know, if if I want I want to be a part of it, so um, I'm gonna be definitely uh, posting tech and finding whatever I find nice. for that game. Sure. Uh, talk to me about uh, we don't have that much time left, but uh, you've also done commentary. Um, can, can you talk to me about how like that happened and how it went and perspective you feel that you bring to it? Um, yeah, so I, I I dabble with commentary here and there. Uh, I've done a CPT premiere event in Dominican Republic. That was a lot of fun because that's where my heritage is from. I'm, my family's from Dominican Republic. I lived there once as a kid. Um, oh. So it was nice to be able to sprinkle in a little bit of Spanish, which I've never had to do. <laughs> I've never done before in commentary. So that was cool. Um, and I've done a couple of local East Coast tournaments um, like uh, uh Defend the North and things like that. And um, I did a Red Bull event once. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I like to do more of, um, you know, if opportunities are given to me. Um, yeah, I, I like to be able to, to, you know, talk about matches and talk about the game and, and, and sometimes bring my perspective of, like, the deeper concepts of, like, you know, with the tech and everything. So I kind of like, I, it's good that I, I can bring that side of it. And um, I don't think I'm too boring either. So I think, you know, I like to do, I do, I, I like to do more of it if, uh, you know, People just gotta hit me up. Hit I'm up Vic and get on some NLBC commentary. Yeah, I'm 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 down. Yeah, I know. Talk to Vic and Art and be like, yo. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah you can stream Talk Vulture from home nowadays. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Now, I know, uh, I know yeah. you've also just recently had a kid, right? How how old is uh, your daughter, right? How old is your daughter yeah. now? Yeah, she's she's a year and four months now. Ooh. Um I, I I'm loving it. It's it's uh, fatherhood is definitely one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Um, nice. Just seeing her grow and every week it's like something new, either a new little word that she'll learn or a new little thing that she's just curious about. It's like really cool. 
And um, it's really cool that it, it seems like everyone in the FGC that's from my generation is having kids like at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like Kazunoko re recently became a dad. Uh, uh, PR Balra, congratulations yeah. to him. Just right. had a yeah. um, Justin had a, his daughter like Valle. two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Valle just had a, a, a daughter. Um, so it's like that next generation is already here. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I'm wondering, ha, ha, has, has your daughter tried to, you know, take control of the joystick yet or anything like that? Oh, definitely. I have pictures <laughs> oh, of that. Yeah? I posted <laughs> quite a few of those. Yeah, she definitely gets super hyped on the joystick. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, she, uh, and it's funny because, you know, she's only a year and four months, but she since she sees me, she already knows that, like, one hand is for the joystick and one hand is for the button. So, like, she definitely, like, tries this thing <laughs> oh <laughs> so man that's adorable definitely starting to pick it up so who knows she might be the next nice. tech monster <laughs> that's awesome and then uh just one la one last thing for me is I, I know you've also started a career and you're, you're like you said you're doing more programming stuff recently because i've seen you posting stuff on twitter about that what kind of took you into that direction career-wise um, yeah, so uh, before I got into, um, you know, programming, I was working in marketing and, and in advertising, and I just really got tired of that uh, scene. I was working a lot of hours. And it wasn't something I really wanted to do anymore. Um, and um, my, I, I decided to get into programming because my brother actually, uh, he went from being an auto mechanic to a software engineer Ooh. at Spotify and he did it in less than a year. Ooh. And it became like a possibility to me that I'm like, wow, somebody can really make a full career change in such a quick time. Mm. Um, and you know, I said, you know, I'm still young enough to do it. Um, it's definitely more in line with the way that my mind works. Yeah. Um, mm. I could potentially get into the gaming industry this way. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's something that I I, I kind of decided that uh, was the was the right move for me, um, just because of the way the things that I'm into and just like I said the way my mind works like very scientific. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the one of the main reasons and why I asked. Kind of in line with that. Yeah, one well, of the reasons why I wanted to bring that up is because I'm I'm I've, I've programmed before in the past as well, and I really do see a lot of the 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 parallels between trying to break a game's engine and coding a lot of the times too because you're always just trying to find the most efficient way to do things while coding and stuff like that and i think it's a it's a it's it's not a surprise to me that that you find coding as something that you enjoy <laughs> yeah definitely. that makes sense to me because i feel like it's a lot like writing and reading a contract which i feel like it's a lot yeah. like coding mm -hmm. that make, that's yeah, cool that's cool definitely a lot of parallels there um i i, I do enjoy watching uh the the developer that works for on um, Strives, ZM Zynaki. Yeah, he has like some really interesting stuff. So shout outs to him. Oh, cool. Um, definitely really cool for like you know, he's that he's that. I see him as like the bridge between like the world of programming and gaming. So <laughs> I, I definitely pay attention to what he's doing. Um, really cool stuff. Well, um, hey, thanks a lot for coming on, dude. Uh, please plug. I see your Twitter's down there, but what's your YouTube channel? That you uh, it's youtube.com slash Javits Arius, I believe. I know I have it on my, I have it linked on my Twitter. Uh, okay. I don't know the exact link right now, but it's definitely, uh, I have it linked on my Twitter. Um, and, and yeah, I, um, just to let you guys know, I started compiling all the stuff that I post on Twitter. I'm putting it into playlists for each character on my YouTube. So, um, it's taken mm -hmm. me some time to do it, but I do have roles. 
uh, up to now fully done and I, I'm, I'm putting up all my Sagat stuff there. Next character I'm going to do is Ryu. Um, maybe the 43rd or 44th character will be Lucia, but uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going to do Cammy first? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll, I might do Cami next or something. But hey, um, you yeah, want to yeah. talk about a character with no interesting combo routes? We can talk about Cami. <laughs> yeah, there's not much there, and it's so effective. That's the funny um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on YouTube now. Um, I'll definitely will be still super active. Um, you know, with these new changes for season five, and I, I keep hope to finding new stuff. Might find some new Lucia stuff. Who knows? <laughs> Um, okay. But yeah, check me out. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, All right, cool, dude. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming, coming on. on. Thanks, guys. All right. Yep. Take Have care. Have a good night, buddy. All right. Later. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, dang. you know it's it's interesting. Oh, hello. It's interesting because uh, I I find that my like path as a tech monster has been kind of the opposite of his. Um, when I was really playing a lot and like trying to be really good, I was coming up with tech all the time, and so I like then I was putting it out. But as my own competitive aspirations have gone down, I'm like less inclined to find new tech, right? Whereas he's like the opposite almost. I mean, he like, he was doing it at, at, when he was competing as well. But like at, since then, he's like taken the drive of like must be good at games and turned it into the yeah, drive yeah, yeah. to find new tech. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm like, well, I'm not playing that <laughs> as much. So whatever, I'm not that interested anymore in the tech side of it. Yeah. Very I mean different perspective. Uh, what's interesting though is that you know uh, it's just so much of the way that his brain works trying to find all this tech and stuff like that I mean it's so similar to like how I was you know so my my whole drive for doing tech was came from I just hated the fact that people weren't taking advantage of the game as much as they could you know it really came from the x-men children of the atom days because i was one of the only people who started doing the air combos and stuff because the launches in in all the modern games you just hit up and you super jump automatically in those games you had to hit the down up to manually super jump cancel and it wasn't a system it was just you just knocked people in certain directions and if it happened to be up because you could super jump cancel every normal in the game and so nobody was doing things like doing the moves that pop them up and then super jump canceling into air combos. And so for me, I was like discovering all this stuff and like, people are not doing this. I need to write an FAQ about this, <laughs> you know? But uh, I, I also think it's funny because you and I, David, we've often talked about how it feels like there's so many parallels between coding and writing contracts because right, it's, yeah. it's so much about making sure you take every situation into account, making sure there's no loopholes, you know, covering all, I mean, half of the, like they say in coding, like 90% of your code will basically most of the time never run because you put so much error checking into co good code and all of that error checking is stuff that you hope never happens. And so if you actually yeah. write the code correctly, none of that actually runs, but if, it ever gets to that point, you want to make sure your code doesn't explode. <laughs> just like, just like speaking contracts of, for sure. Speaking of code, James, you actually coded the bar to move down to the next topic. <laughs> so we should, we should show That's, the audience how good nice that work. Code is. Nice, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, again, thanks to Javis for coming on. So let's move on. Like Tubbo says, to the five-five matchup. We have one of our own before we get to the viewer.
uh, and that one is, as you can see, which fighting games allow the most freedom of expression? This was inspired by a tweet by Wonder Chef, mm -hmm. who tweeted, what fighting game do you feel allows players to express themselves the best? Hundreds of people responded, as you do to this. Uh, I responded with my own top five, but I'm curious what you got, what your guys are. So I, what I think would be cool is if each of us gave a top three, oh. starting at number three, and then the countdown. What? Oh, dude, now I have to think about this a little bit more. <laughs> yes, you do. That's right. All right. Now I have to figure out what number two and three are. Huh. Okay. And also, are you guys? Do you allow melee in this or not? Is is smashing your mind of course. part of this conversation? Okay, of course, cool. Sure. Cool. I mean, I know what number one is. I don't know what okay. number two and three because I haven't thought about that. I had didn't decide. I didn't decide. Are you just gonna figure it out as as we go? Yeah, basically, <laughs> I think that's what I have to do in any case. So, all right. Well, my number three is gonna have to be. Skullgirls. Great answer. I, I I never played the game myself competitively, but the fact that everything can be an assist really lets you kind of do whatever the hell you want. Obviously, certain things are going to be better than others, but you have complete freedom of expression. If you want your third character's jab to be their your assist, you can do that. You look foolish and stupid probably, but you can do that, and that's really, really cool. Dude, I remember when the game came out, there were people who were playing with, like, really off-the-wall assists like that, like real zany yeah. stuff. I think it's kind of boiled down, as as things like this do, where, like, you have a lot of choice, kind of boils down to, like, here's, like, the few kind of best options to this. But, but yeah, the, the idea of it is super cool for sure. And the, the whole game, I mean, the game has many, many different styles of characters. It's just Even if it didn't have that, I feel like it would be a good pick. Um, that's cool. Uh, my number three is going to be Melee. It okay. is, it's got to, I mean, so I, I, this is also not a game that I play seriously, but it's like so clear in watching people play it and hearing them talk about it, that it's got to be right up here, uh, as I mean, I'm sure many other people would put it number one. I'm not going to do that because the game that I play personally, but it's like super obvious that you can put in so much of yourself into that game and people did play different situations so differently. I can notice that even as somebody who doesn't know the game very well, it's like apparent to me let alone to people who are really familiar with the game so I mean, that's my number three to to the fact that you know hungry box plays jigglypuff so well and like nobody else can even get to that level right there's a lot of good foxes out there and stuff like that but like i swear nobody can get up to jigglypuff level uh to to, to hungry box level so it's my favorite when i see people complaining about jigglypuff because i'm just like there's like two that exist, guys. <laughs> but on Twitter, people so angry about some Jigglypuff or Ice Climbers. Like, there's yeah, there's like two or three of them that exist, man. Calm down. Uh, if people, if if people in the chat, or some people in the chat, although jokingly, I think are saying, I thought it had to be fighting games. I think you're messing. But if that was going to be, if you guys weren't cool with it, then I was going to say Marvel in this position. Marvel three, okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I like the melee choice. I mean, I'm probably just going to steal David's answer because I haven't had a chance to sit down and think about this as carefully as possible. Man. But uh, melee is definitely a good good answer for that because uh, so the other games that I was thinking of that were my answers are definitely not as good as uh, melee is. So I would probably say melee. 
just because of the way that the players have the freedom. And again, you know, the thing about Melee is it doesn't have a rigid combo system, right? And the ability to... Right you know, figure out what the combo you're supposed to do at certain percentages and reading how the person is going to try to escape you when you do your combos and stuff like that is definitely one of the strongest out there. So I'll, I'll go melee. I'll go melee for number three. Well, my right. number two is CVS2. That game is super expressive. There's six grooves. Like, four of them are actually effective. I mean, the top tiers are whatever, but you don't have to play top tier. You can play mid to upper mid tier and be successful in that game. And if you still pay attention to CVS2, you know it's true, because there's several uh, Japanese players now that have been beating boss with off-the-wall teams. Mm -hmm. And he's been, play he's been playing his shit. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I think the game... <laughs> it's from a different era, but I, I I think it's super expressive. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. You don't have to be like all demure about it. I just. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're giving me looks like I'm crazy. I am giving you looks. My, my Look, the, the game. It's What's, your two, What's your number okay, two, David? What's your number two, David? Fair enough. Good point. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Go ahead. You go got ahead. Jasmine, huh? I got Jasmine again. Yeah. Uh -huh. Go ahead. Dude, she has been going at you. She yeah. just claws all the time, dude. I have this massive scar on my leg that I was that she drew a lot of blood too. Mm. So, but yeah. Thanks. All right, uh, my number two, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. You looked at me like I was wild, and then you down back Chun Fighter Three. Oh, what are you talking about? Game? No, this what game has? Well, I think one game has more freedom of expression than that game, but. That's my second place. Well, you guys, look at this face on James. Deserved. This is not deserved for Third Strike. Not at all deserved for Third Strike. Third Strike lets you do whatever you want. You get, even in the context of characters being imbalanced, different Chun-Li's play really differently. Different Ken's play really differently. Because it lets you do so many different things. Because of the, the parry lets you do whatever you want to do. You can get away with jerkery in that game. Almost no other game lets you do and um you know if you want to you can struggle with characters but i'm not i'm not even talking about the character this this game could be a five character game it is basically an eight or nine character game and even within that context like melee i guess which is about the same numbers uh it has so many different options available to you at all times there's almost no ko situation like all down to what you want to do at any one moment uh that that's why i got it in here your face is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, games, your number two? Honestly, like, I can't include a Street Fighter game in this conversation at all. I just don't think any Street Fighter game with so many other games out there, I just don't think the Street Fighter series can have a representative in this whole entire thing. Number two for me, I don't, it would be tied between MVC3 and MVCI. Uh, MVCI, the free tagging system, is still one of the most sick and creative things out there. I mean, I... I highly disagree. Like, <laughs> I highly disagree. The, that oh, is one of the worst things about that game. I mean, Dude, you were just talking about how Skullgirls is cool because it lets you do whatever assist. 
Yeah, that's that was not the, last the same. Pick? The that's biggest, not even the same. But the problem with uh, MVCI comes down to the fact that uh, most of the time it comes into activate stupidly long super and then tag in and mix up. That's why I wouldn't just put MVCI in here immediately over MVC3 and probably makes me lean more towards UMVC3 because, again, you know, that's one of those games that you have so many different teams, a lot of different assists, and the stuff that people have been coming... I mean, the fact that Zero and Virgil haven't cabled and Sentinel and stormed the game is shocking to me. Like, like I, I think I said this last week or somewhere else. If you had told me at one point in time that there would be a player placing high in a tournament with a Nemesis or a MODOK, I would have just been like, there's no possible way. I've also said that if I ever got locked onto an island and only had one fighting game I could ever play for the rest of my life and I couldn't ever play someone else, it would probably be MVC3 because of the crazy variety you could have in that game. So my number two would probably be MVC3 uh, if MVCI was a little bit better so that they didn't have as many long lockdown moves that made it so that you could just completely obscure your character and destroy people because that's where everybody does it. It makes me sad. Uh, but outside of that, then, uh, yeah, MVC3 is probably my number two. All right, out of focus, Tobo. Yeah, say Marvel 3 and let's get on with it. Oh, geez, look at me. Well, this uh, is Marvel obviously 3. showing us that Discord is working a lot better than... Uh, than, uh, than... It, it definitely... Uh, it worked way better during the interview. It was <laughs> yeah, awesome. probably just, uh, yeah, it's probably just the focus, honestly. Yeah. New camera problems, man. Yeah. New no camera. Yeah, I I'm had kidding. the same issue. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding anyway. Anyway, your answer is Marvel Three. Yeah. James already said it all. Yeah. We're good. It's a great answer. Obviously, it's my number like three to four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a really good pick for sure. No doubt about it. Um, my number one is Killer Instinct. That's my okay. answer. It's my number one. That's answer. a good answer. That's a really really good. It answer. is a really good answer. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I agree with you about myself and my own pick. It's it's everything about the game. It, there's so many different choices to be made at all times. That's the game that has the least mental downtime, I think, of any fighting game. There's no point where you are out of it. Every other game, if there's a combo, you know, maybe you're making the choice of, like, break here or burst here or whatever. But that's, like, a once-around thing or even once-a-game thing. And in Killer Instinct, it's every moment every moment you have to be on uh, whether you're on offense or defense or you're getting comboed or you're doing the combo like wrote here's the thing that i do so that means that you have to put yourself into it and and express yourself into it constantly and the game has such extremely different character archetypes that you can express yourself by picking a character that fits you well because there are there's going to be a character that it's just built that way uh and and you can make so many different choices about how to even approach within those characters because every character has so many different options. Even we'll see different people playing differently in neutral. Some people will be using characters in footsies primarily. Some will be rushing. Some will play defense, even with the same character. And then once combos start, are you going to be somebody who breaks a lot? Are you going to take the risk a lot? Are you going to be real? Are you going to end combos really fast? A sandwich. Yeah, you have to build a sandwich. Yeah, different people like different sandwiches. So I think it's really everything about the game that for me makes it the most expressive of any fighting game. Cool. 
Number one for me is pretty much uh, anything Guilty Gear. I, I've, I've said this since the beginning of time. There is no fighting game out there that lets you become one with your character more than Guilty Gear. Uh, thanks largely to the Roman cancel system, which basically lets you almost do anything that you want with the right amount of meter. Um, honestly, like... Some of the shit that you see people do, like the fact that Nage can do all these crazy combos with Faust just because he's played the game so much that he just looks like he makes up on the spot. There was one clip of one person landing this crazy May combo in Exert, and it was clipped as a highlight. And, you know, I saw it, and like I said, I'm really good at this empath thing. I, I'm just, I can, I feel it. And I just responded to the person who posted it. It's like, this is the first time you've ever done this combo, right? Like, you've never practiced this. And he was like, yep, 100%. He's like, I've never done this combo before. And he just made it up on the spot because he just knew his character so well and he just knows the system so well that he was like, you know what? This is going to work. And, like, you get that so much. And from, I've always said this about Guilty Gear, if you watch the same players, not let alone the same characters, if you watch the same players play round after round after round against each other, every round is so vastly different than the previous round. There is basically no fighting game that has that much variety between rounds, between the same players, let alone the same characters between players. When I watch two people play Guilty Gear, the rounds are different every single time because there's just so much you can do in that game and the ability for someone to just invent something on the spot that's the sickest thing ever is just beyond anything that's why for me it was hard to come up with a number two and number three because i think every other fighting game combined together might not even match guilty gear's ability to express yourself that's how much uh um that's how much I really respect what Guilty Gear does as a fighting game. Well, James, I appreciate you giving Tubbo and me the chance to give you the same face that you guys gave to me about <laughs> and that we gave to Tubbo about CPS. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not a gear player, but like I understand that there's a lot of creativity in there. Mm -hmm. It's just the last sentence that I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Moving cool on. Topic. Yep. Thanks to Chef for that idea. Thanks yeah, for nothing excess for this up. Oh, high oh, five, nice. nothing excess. Hello, thank and you, Andres. Thanks for hanging out. Cool. Well, let's get to the poll results. Sure so, thing. The 5 5 matchup viewer questions. Here you go. With events, number one, with events like Climax of Night, doing offline in person events again, what are some things you're looking forward to and anxious about? Things you hope to see from both event staff and attendees? Number two, what are the elements of a good regional FGC community? Number three, what boxes have to be checked in order for a matchup to be considered favorable? Number four, Capcom has to versus some franchise and it cannot be itself and it can't be Marvel either. What franchise? Number five, which character in any fighting game you liked went criminally underrated for too long? something like Adon in Street Fighter 4 until Gamer B brought him to light. So those are the five. We have a tie between number two, what are the elements of a good regional FGC community community? And number five, 
which character in any fighting game you liked went criminally underrated for too long? Something like Adon and SF4 till game be brought into light. So let's start with what are the elements of a good FGC community, regionally speaking? Um, you guys are the SoCal guys. I want to hear it from you first, all right? Okay. Uh, oh, thanks for saying we have a great regional community. Uh, number one thing <laughs> that goes into any community is consistency. That is just the absolute, the only way to build a community is consistency. Everything else that makes a community great doesn't happen if there's no consistency. If you do not have a weekly gathering, a bi-weekly gathering, a monthly gathering that you can rely on, that you can schedule your week around, that you can schedule your month around. If it's just, hey, let's meet up tomorrow. I can't, I'm doing this already, blah, 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 blah. The reason why NLBC and Wednesday Night Fight succeed because they were consistent week after week. We would plan our Wednesday nights to go and do this thing. We would not schedule our Wednesday nights and it was reliable. Even if people don't show up, you still run it because the people who want to rely on it can. And then the next week someone's like, oh, okay, it's on Wednesdays, all right, I'll show up. And it could be, it could become a, a habit, basically. Consistency is always going to be, in my opinion, one of the most important things of a, any community. Any community that requires gathering, consistency is the, is the key factor. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to say right along the lines of what you said, James, I, I think, um, you know, just being, being dependable and like, consistency is that's it <laughs> showing up mm -hmm. having having players that are willing to come out and lose every week because only one person wins you know whatever game you enter so having people that are willing to come out and get their ass kicked over and over and over again is is uh yeah it's important so I, I, since that's true i mean that's something i was gonna say was since it's true that only one person wins and this is going to be like a fulfilling competitive experience for like just a handful of people who go right like most people are going to lose uh some, some people will make top three. So what makes the community still go? I mean, it's, it's, it's other stuff. It's, um, you know, setting boundaries for like things that are cool to talk about and things that aren't cool to talk about. Um, it's, it's having standards for what like people can say and do. I mean, like any other community, it's one of the most important things to have, to have like a shared one and not one that's like instituted in some way that feels like it's, you know, from people who are just trying to control other folks, but like to have like an agreed upon setup, like here's what we do. We don't like, you know, we're not going to be racists here. Like that, that, that kind of stuff yeah. is super important for maintaining a, a good community. Um, and, you know, I mean, we in the scene, like didn't specifically do that one very well, nor the one about <laughs> not being misogynist for a long time, but that was, that was a problem. I mean, it, you know, for, for those of us who stayed in it, we could ignore it, I guess, but. It, it also meant that lots of people didn't stay in the community or didn't want to join the community in the first place because that stuff was going on. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's a really important part. And then also having ways to communicate that are outside of meeting in person, as important as meeting in person is, but having like a community discord, having a community Facebook group or a community website or forum, that kind of stuff is really important too so that you guys can keep up with each other outside of that. Um, and and arrange matches online, or just be like, hey, what's up, everybody? How are you guys? I hope everybody's doing good today. Like, here's the news I have, or whatever. You know, things that you do with your friends. 
I, I think having having that outlet was a big part of why like Shoryuken was so important mm -hmm. for the FGC for a long time because that was yeah. basically the way uh, that any of us got together and and the secret chan as well on IRC was the same kind of thing but for a smaller group of people having that kind of thing is is really important too okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean look as far as as far as other stuff goes I mean like that some regions are going to have more people and so we'll be more likely to be able to sustain an FGC because there are always people coming in and out of it. Somebody gets a right. job and has to move or goes to school or somebody's been really busy lately and they can't come out. Like there's always going to be some kind of ch like changeover of like who's actually coming each time. So if you have a, like more people, it's going to mean that you're probably going to have more people, people who can come to the FGC as well. Right. Um, so it's going to be tougher for some regions that are smaller, I think, yeah. but if you if you do have the other things that we talked about, I think you have a pretty good chance at making a local scene. Yeah. No. Uh, like I said, obviously the consistency of stuff is important, but like you said, the welcoming ability, allowing anybody to be there, uh, you know, creating an environment where, because I mean, you'll see this a lot when you're at Wednesday night fights. A lot of people are there; they're not even there to play. They're just there because right. they like to hang out with other people. Remember yeah, when totally, totally. we had the box arena a long time ago in San Diego. It was just, they just like to gather and have fun and chill. You know, it's, it make an environment where it is community. You know, the consistency is important, but also, you know, equally as important. Consistency will get you to this point. Um, but having an environment where everybody there are just friends and yeah. just create a good group of friends that you like seeing every week. You know, if there are, bad blood between people try to take care of it try to iron it out do what you take can. them outside yeah <laughs> take them outside but you know what Play i mean Street Fighter four in the parking lot right yeah. exactly so okay yeah all right anything all right. else to say on that one not for uh me. yeah i've been part of some scenes I've been part of a lot of scenes i moved around a lot from 2009 to, to 26 well yeah it's about 2016 and uh, there's a lot of ways to make a, a, a potentially what could be a good scene a bad scene. Like just okay. don't don't be jerks, guys. Don't be jerks. I don't wanna I don't wanna be too specific because it'll be very clear where I'm drawing these <laughs> uh, <laughs> these stories. From, but just don't be jerks, guys. Don't right. be jerks. Yeah, and I've been in different scenes as well i started out in norcal and then came back home to socal and i was in dc so the maryland virginia dc scene for a few years too different people all, all over the place um and you know thankfully everybody each scene i guess what i would say had cool people not everybody was cool but each of them had cool people that that i could hang out with and become friends with and some of them are still really good friends of mine even many years later so that that's important i think one thing that maybe we didn't say before is that there's often like a load bearing tournament organizer or like a somebody who is doing a lot of the actual the work, work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah because it I'm can it can be really work intensive to maintain the community in this way and having regularity is is a really big thing for sure as you, as you mentioned but that's most often done because one person's like hey we're gonna have the thing mm -hmm. here at this yep. time come come do it with us yep. and sometimes that's you know, it's at my house or my friend's house or whatever. But sometimes it's, they got to rent out a spot, right? Which costs money. <laughs> yeah. They have to do the work of like arranging it. They have to do the work of getting people to come. 
have to do the work of running the tournament brackets or the stream or whatever it is. And those people are really often unsung uh, heroes. I, yeah, they're unsung heroes for sure, but but often irreplaceable. Yes. I mean, I I know some scenes that have had people who were the load bearing TOs, and then when the TOs left, whatever whatever happened, right? They had to leave. They had to move somewhere, wherever it is. Then those scenes just kind of melted away because yep. there's nobody else who is willing to step up and do mm -hmm. that kind of work. So yeah. having somebody who's who's willing to do that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to have a great scene and consistency and stuff. But without that, it's often pretty hard. Yep. There's a lot of factors to this question, but all of these things are equally as important. And I think we covered a lot of the good ones there. So good job, us. Yay. <laughs> all right. In that case, let's move on. Which, Which character... character Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> In any fighting game you liked, went criminally underrated for too long. Something like, for example, Adon in Street Fighter 4 until Gamerby brought him to light. Can I just talk about this example and how there actually wasn't that great of a length of time between when, right. <laughs> like, Justin Wong pre-release was like, I don't think Adon's very good. And then, yeah. like, a month after the game came out, people were like, actually, Adon seems like he's pretty good. Yeah, we were clowning on Justin for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately after Super came out. For sure. And then, uh, wasn't it the same year that Gamer B made yeah. Top 8 at mm -hmm. Evo? Yeah. It was like, mm -hmm. it was like, bam, bam, bam. It was just like a few months. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I don't know that this particular example, it's a memorable one, but it may not be the best example of this. Do, do you guys have better ones? I do. Deadpool and Marvel 3. I told people from the release of Ultimate, that that character is like top 15, top 10 potential. Like he's very, very strong. And people laughed at me. People laughed and like, no, that character sucks. If he's so good, why don't you win with him? Like, well, cause you know, I'm, I'm ass. Like I'm like a top 32 player. Like that's, I'm a gatekeeper. That's what I do. And then finally, Duel Kevin made the breakthrough and was top eight at Evo. So yeah, I think Deadpool is, is a very strong character that got slept on for far too long. Is that consensus now that he's a strong character? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Most most people have him in like around fifteen ish okay. or so between between 20, 10 and twenty in, on the tier chart. Okay, sounds good. Um, well, I think for me the standout one is that I still believe that Hakan is one of the best characters in Ultra Street Fighter Four, but I don't think anybody ever showed that. I think the closest that it came was like one dude in like Appalachia or something, traveled occasionally and did well at tournaments. And other than that, I don't think anybody ever did it, but I still think that it's true all these years later. Maybe <laughs> I'm deluding myself, I don't know. And now at this point, I don't even remember the game super well, but I definitely strongly felt that way for a long time. And I really wished at the time that I had had the execution to be able to do that, but that obviously coincided with me being at like the worst of my execution and hand and nerve problems. Yep. So. I was not doing that, that was for sure. And I tried to convince people, oh, I tried to convince so many people who I thought would be so good with that character, and none of them was interested, so it never happened. <laughs> Still believe it. Hmm. It's weird, because I'm thinking about this question. I'm not sure if I have an answer for this one directly. I know I do. That's the hard part. Of, like, I know there's characters that I've been like, this character is clearly good, and people are like, nah, and then the character turned out to be amazing. I can't think of 
I can't think of uh, the character at this point. There's just so many dang fighting games out there. I mean, I will say probably the most recent one is Street Fighter V Dalsim. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, definitely. Like he was bad for a while. So. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. But, I mean, when he came out and everyone was like, uh, when he got better, and everyone was like, this character still sucks. Um, I'm not sure, actually, because I know there are situations where, like, clearly this character is super good and people were not agreeing with it, and I just can't think yeah, there, of it. Yeah, there's a good example in the chat. Shaq's the one says, Yun and Street Fighter Three Third Strike, uh, before, in, at least in the U.S., before Japan came and showed off what Ganagian can do. Right. It's not that people in the U.S. thought that Yun was bad. It was never bad, but once people saw Ganagian, it was like, oh, okay, this is actually maybe the best character in the game, or like, what, right. are, you know, what are the two best? It was just quite a, quite a change. And same thing with Yurian and Aegis as well. Not to the same, he didn't become like maybe the best character in the game, but he became like really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. God, it's so hard. I don't know. Like I said, there's just so many fighting games and I've had so much history with this that I feel like that there's somebody that was like that and I just can't think of anybody right now i thought that bane was good at launch in injustice one and everybody thought that he was bad so everybody including me lobbied for buffs and i don't know <laughs> if it had any impact but then they ended up buffing the guy and then at the end people were like why is bane so good <laughs> <sighs> i i do want to in case this question doesn't come back up i noticed the number three question i i really just kind of want to talk about this question really quick because uh wow breaking the law yeah what boxes have to be checked in order for a matchup to be considered favorable i mean the thing is i talked about exactly this during the beginner stream this past weekend uh exactly what makes it so that a character a matchup is a favorable matchup it's very scientific there's nothing weird about it but fighting games are about distances right so spacing range this way where do you have an advantage in this distance and everything like that uh, if one character has an advantage over the majority of the distances, that's what causes it, really. <laughs> there's no there's no spacing that you can put yourself at the against the opponent in which you have an advantage. So there's like nowhere you can push yourself to to be able to take advantage of the opponent. It's kind of how it is. You just weigh out the, the, the spacing, the distances, and how much of an advantage they have. So, for example, the example I gave was Potemkin and Slayer in Guilty Gear Axe core slayer wants to be at range zero against you but so does potemkin and potemkin's range zero is better than slayer's range zero so that was a bad matchup for slayer in that situation so that's kind of one of the ways to talk about it scientifically i can go into it more bore you can watch the <laughs> you can watch the youtube video uh that i put on youtube.com slash ultra tv and watch my beginner stuff so there you go <laughs> Very good. Cool. Well, cool. all right. I guess that's going to be it for this one then, if you can't think of anything else. Yeah. Actually, Fei Long, Fei Long is, in Street Fighter 4 was a good, is a good one too. Because I remember when he, yeah, first when, came, when he first came out, everyone thought he sucked. And then it turned out that Fei Long was super good. Well, I do remember really thinking that he sucked. Like, he didn't get super good until Super. Yeah. He was good though. He got buffed for Super for sure, but he. If he hadn't been buffed, he would have been a pretty good character anyway. Yeah. Just that we had we didn't see it yet. I remember thinking, this is so stupid in retrospect, that Phelong was terrible because Zangief Lariat could beat Rekka's. 
why did I think that? Why was that important? But when I was playing against people who were using Faye, I actively remember them being like, I can't do anything in this matchup. Lariat can beat Rekka's. What are you talking? What do you mean? Just hold on and then whiff punish the Lariat. Like, it's such yeah, a stupid what, what idea in retrospect, what? but... That's that we, we that's really part of why we thought that right. he was a bad character. You Whatever. Southern Californians is coming no, up. No, you know who stuff. I had that specific conversation with was I believe Eric Kim in Virginia in well, whenever Super came out, whatever year that was. And he was a he's a buddy of mine from when I lived in DC, Virginia, MD you know, the MDVA area. And he was a really, really good player and really good in third strike and then became really good in four. And I was really good in four at the time. And this was like a legit conversation. Right. You, you can't you can't play Faye versus Geef because what if he does Lariat? It's so stupid. No, anyway, remember no, remember that, uh, I mean, I'm ta uh, responding to 16-bit, not remembering anyone playing him until late era Mago. Mago was playing him pretty early on. There was, I think it was Super, right? That he him and Daigo had the grand finals and that he won with Fei Long versus Daigo's Guile or something like that, so... Yeah. Pretty sure uh, Mago was using him pretty early on. He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. oh. and then and then Fudo happened. So <laughs> and created but the they most. Were, they were really strong Americans who were doing well with him even in yeah. Super. Well, I hated so. fighting Fei Long in that game so All much. I learned to hate Fei Long with a damn passion <clears throat> in that game. He was definitely one of my uh, Kryptonites in that game. Well, it was really easy for me because all I had to do was press Lariat. <laughs> all right, let's move on to community news. Mm -hmm. The Intel World Open, oh my goodness. Do you remember last year, before the world ended, when Intel was supposed to do a thing at the Olympics in Japan for 2020? It was going to be a whole big shindig. You qualify through this extremely onerous, weird process. And then some people end up in person at the Tokyo Olympics for Street Fighter V. And they were going to be a quarter million dollars on the line. And obviously it did not happen. But it was announced this past week that it'll actually be coming this coming summer. They're actually going to do it. They are. It'll be Street Fighter V and Rocket League, which was the original plan as well. And it's still going to be $250,000 per game, which is pretty great. So each of those games will get that. Com the qualification process is still like pretty complicated. I actually didn't read into sure it too is. much because I read it and I was like, wow, I, I'm i not interested in engaging this much with this news right now. It's <laughs> too much for me. So. I don't know. Whatever happens. However, each regional final will have a total prize pool of $22,500. First place will get $7,500. But in Japan specifically, first place will get $25,000. Mm -hmm. And South Korea first place will get $8,000. So a little bit more there and way, way more in Japan. Um, it's not clear to me that there's an in-person thing at all at this point. I think yeah, it might just be... I, well. I think it's just the regional aspect of this. It's basically like regional finals. Before those regional finals fed into like, you know, you're representing whatever your country or something in the Olympics. I don't know. I don't remember. Last year. Yeah, was remember they put all the tracksuits in Street yeah. Fighter Five, And yeah. they were like, yeah, they're going to make the flag colors for each representative and that didn't happen so that didn't happen yeah that part of it was a cool idea but i mean look this is cool uh, a lot of money up for grabs get into that if you can the registration opens may 15th so play in it cool. however winners won't get olympic medals they actually said that 
Oh, sorry, everybody. This kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, a gold medal, I'm sure, is worth quite a bit. So, I mean, they could even give us like chocolate gold medals. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Ooh, gelt. You want to win gelt? Yeah, oh, there you go. I haven't won gelt since last time I played dreidel. Um, the next uh, right. thing, Red same, Bull. Same here. <laughs> Oil King has joined Red Bull. Congratulations Wait. to Oil King. He's still with UIU. That hasn't changed. But uh, Red Bull itself is now also sponsoring him. So congratulations to him. Pretty cool news. Also, Pete's Coffee sponsoring Brian F. You can use the code Brian F for 15% off. I actually did this today. I bought some coffee. It just happened to be that we had run out of coffee. We needed to buy coffee. Where was I going to buy it? I usually go to Groundwork. But now I'm going to go to Pete's and get some Brian F. coffee. So I did that. Looking forward to that coming in the next couple of days. Great. So was was he just a big, giant fan of Pete's coffee? And it was one of those, like, heiress and round table kind of things? Or, like, how did... Yep. Oh, okay. He just figured oh. out on one day and they were like, okay. Yeah. That's basically Brian's right. been yeah. lobbying for this forever, <laughs> huh? That's amazing. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It finally, it finally did happen. That's awesome. Uh, so that's some good news. On the other side, uh, not good news. Daigo has COVID. He announced on Twitter, and that's bad. Maybe worse is that he put up a picture on Twitter that showed that he had a fever of forty degrees Celsius, which is one hundred and four Fahrenheit which yeah, is really, rough. if you don't know humans, really high. And he has since deleted the tweet that showed that. So really? hopefully he's okay. There haven't been any tweets from him at the time that I checked to write this oh, run of show in a couple of days. So I hope that he's doing all right. Best wishes to him. I swear to God, if COVID takes Daigo, that- Don't, uh, don't even, don't even, yeah, don't knock on wood, me. dude. Like, I don't even want to think about that, dude. I don't want to think about that. I hope he's okay, man. I really hope he's okay. 100%. Yeah. He is 40 or, you know, he was turning 40 when the Japan CPT thing happened. He was 39 in 11 months, it said. So he's turning 40 or has turned 40. So, I mean, you know, he's not, he seems like he's in good shape, but like, that's the age where this becomes a bigger problem, more or less. Uh, People in their 30s and up, so. Yeah. Anyway, I I know Japan. Japan hasn't been doing as well. They haven't been getting as many right. vaccines. They've been getting a spike in cases and such. You know, it's it's kind of scary. So let's uh, do our best out there to stay safe, guys. Let's definitely try. Yeah, 100%. <sighs> okay. Um, do want to also show that uh, I guess the new the new silhouette is out right now for Samurai Showdown. I'm sorry, for King of Fighters here. Not huge surprise. I mean, not hard to guess, in my opinion, I think, uh, who this is going not to be. Not hard to guess? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be Bro, hard I to guess. I think that looks like that a even Protoss a human? character. Yeah, like, this is a Protoss character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not hard. It's Leona. It's got to be Leona, dude. I mean, her hand is always in that position. She's got the crazy hair above her head, and, I mean, look at the... Look at, I mean, that is definitely some bust size right there. So, I mean, you don't think it's like a rooster, maybe? So, the tail's coming up from the left, and then on the top right is kind of like the rooster's, you know, red parts that are coming out in the front top of the head. I mean, that's a crazy looking rooster if it is. I think it could be a rooster. I can also. 
So you can okay. Well, you can see it as a what? That's a sex toy. (laughs) That is absolutely the 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 ones that when people have a viral tweet, they start advertising for on the on the group (laughs) rug. Yeah, that is the exact one, the 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 purple one. Yeah, 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 I've seen that before. I, you know I'm what? A, I you're will, shattering my expectations, I think. Yeah. I will absolutely <laughs> say I have no idea what you're talking about, and I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. As far as upcoming stuff, <clears throat> hey. Oh, I did want to, I forgot to put this in the run of show, but. Just briefly, tournament results, we talked about the CPT. However, another very important event occurred. Extremely important event occurred on Friday evening. Okay. When the Ultra Chen TV crew held a Sure You Can scrimmage. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. And that was won by Viva La Ben Hooks, Cody mm-hmm. player. And it was cool to do one of those again. We hadn't done one in a few months. Yeah. This was the 11th one. We're planning to make it a more regular feature here on the stream so if you are interested this is our uh intermediate level beginner and intermediate level stream uh tournament that we do for street fighter 5 it is gold ranked and under yeah we hadn't done one into in that category please to join we didn't done done one in so long i was actually surprised especially with a one day response time we got 32 players in there <laughs> which was really did, really yeah. impressive and it was really cool to watch because viva la ben hooks the way he won was very fundamental. It was lots of just standing medium kicks, crouching medium kicks, and standing heavy kicks with Cody. And he dismantled a lot of people out there, which just goes to show how important... I mean, he barely used a lot of the the, the Cody shenanigans out there. And so it was really cool to see how well he did. It's on anything. You can play it on anything, uh, the Red Fox. We accept PS4 and and, uh, PC players. Oh, um, yeah. Because it's cross-platform. Anybody in NA, so Mexico, U.S., Canada, cool with us. Yeah, no, if you're it's in the Diamond... game that we're playing, everybody. Look, we have we're gonna have bad net play. Sorry, that's yeah. the video. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we we're thinking of potentially trying to do one again this Friday, potentially. Yeah, um, I'm in. But uh, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do that. So yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll give you official word on that soon. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. And then Not as far as enough. upcoming stuff. There's an ongoing Mortal Kombat ladder presented by Xbox. Just to note this, if you are a Mortal Kombat player and you're on Xbox, you do have something to do. It's been a long time complaint for MK players that everything that happens in the scene is on PlayStation, which is almost true. It's very rare to see an event for Xbox or for PC. (laughs) That's basically what everybody's been saying. But now there is something. And that's great. So it's just an ongoing ladder kind of situation. And there's a $4,000 prize pool. Uh, I also wanted to bring this up because I think it's pretty cool that they got Dream Eater to do commentary. So he's been making one of the few, or maybe even the only Xbox tournament series for Mortal mm. Kombat 11. Okay, he's been doing cool. that for a while. He's been basically like the, the load-bearing tournament organizer that we were talking sure. about. And um, he's done a great job with that. And also commentating. So congrats to him for getting the gig for this. Very cool. And then there, uh, wasn't there something announced about a Twitch Rivals thing today as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going to mention that. So Twitch Rivals today had a tweet. And in that tweet, it was comprised entirely of the like tweet video saying flawless victory. 
And that's it. It was like a two or three second clip. It was very short. Yep. Um, so, presumably this means that there's going to be a Mortal Kombat Twitch Rivals, which nice. I really hope is the case. That would be awesome. You know, I'm all for more stuff going on in the MK scene. It's really, I've been talking about this lately. It's very busy in the Mortal Kombat community. There are multiple tournaments every single day. But to have something else and to have that kind of visibility on it, fantastic. Especially, I would say, after the uh, fiasco of Shiva Stomp in whatever the AT&T thing was, where people who didn't know the game very well were like playing against each other and Shiva Stomp did too much work. Um, that got a ton of views. That was there were a lot of people watching. Hundreds of thousands were watching that. Hopefully, something like that number will watch Twitch Rivals for uh, Mortal and uh, see a little bit better play. Some anyway, people are awesome. saying that it was an MKX sound clip, that Max was hinting that it was going to be MKX. That's what I'm seeing a lot here in this chat. That, it might... that would be wild. Well, I mean, MKX. all the Twitch Rivals FGC events recently have been throwback games. Right. So Marble, KI, so, so MKX, MKX. I, I, would, I would assume that's probably what's next. Yeah. Really? MKX? You guys, I hadn't yeah. even thought about this. Yeah, some a lot of people in the chat were even just saying that it was MKX, MKX, and apparently Max was hinting at that, so. What? We're going to see a lot of Alien, baby. Uh, wow, that would be, I guess, cool. I mean, people like that game. <laughs> I just would be surprised. I don't I don't dislike it, to be to be clear. It just this is not what I was it thinking has... about. Good net, net code, so I know. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Oh, okay, I guess we'll keep an eye on that space. Yeah. Also, this weekend is the CPT Online Asia East number one, which contains Taiwan, Hong Kong, and South Korea. So good luck yeah. to everybody in that. <laughs> good luck to me as well. So. <laughs> oh, you're doing commentary for it. I'm doing commentary, but I'm also getting shot on Saturday, and uh, with the second shot. I think okay, yeah. So typically, people use the word a or the when you're yeah, talking about uh -huh, getting the vaccine uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you're no, getting shot what i'm getting the second shot on saturday and so i will be commentating at midnight and they say you, the first day you're usually okay and then it's the next day that you get destroyed so we'll well, it's about 12 hours it takes to start setting in yeah so we'll see what happens hopefully i'll i won't be one of the people that gets destroyed by it and honestly if i do and i'm like suffering on stream i one i think that'll be kind of hilarious and two at the same time i i think it's it'll, you won't, bud. i mean i think it's actually kind of important to show that you know get your shots out there and you know is you know get the shots and you know so we can get back to normal life and stuff so well if you need anything i live literally 20 minutes away from there so just let me know if i you want me to rush over with like gatorade or something. <laughs> i'm definitely gonna bring a lot of gatorade a lot of tylenol <laughs> a lot of things there just in case so there you go all right well good luck to you i'm glad that that's happening yeah i'm rooting for dude None of my friends have gotten brain fog. I don't know anybody else except for me and my wife who've gotten brain fog. Now, I wish all the best for all of you, but I also thought it would be hilarious if at least one of you had another silly story about your what? own brain fog that lasted. <laughs> just you two dummies. It was just me and- Was it yeah. your first or second shot that gave you the brain fog? The second shot. Second shot, huh? Well, I mean, if my commentary, uh, if I get brain fog during commentary, then uh, I don't know, maybe you won't be able to tell the difference according to a lot of people out there who describe my commentary, but we'll see. <laughs> 
All right, let's get to this mailbag. Let's start off with a thinker's question. Wasik on Twitter asks, who is your favorite historical figure and what would their fighting game be? Which character would they play? Whoa. Man, I have like, I have like a whole game designed around. I can't talk about it right now. What? I can't, I literally can't. There's no way I could say what I would say without someone on the internet misconstruing what I would say. But I'll tell you guys in private later. (laughs) Okay, news to me. So we're making. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I've told you about this before, David, because I had this idea like eight years ago. Dude, anyways, all we're doing is making Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure the fighting game. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because then be it would be, then it would definitely be like Genghis Khan or like Joan of Arc, right, or something like that. I mean, based off of the actor, I would say Genghis Khan. So you know, he, he's dang. That. Your favorite person in history is Genghis. No, Khan? that's I'm saying from Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure, dude. From Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, dude. You know, you know. They're, they're, there are some studies that um, the Mongols killed so many people that the climate of the earth was altered because fewer humans were raising forests and fewer humans were <laughs> doing agriculture and like they killed that many. People. They were Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really because Genghis Khan himself was repopulating the earth at the same time. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have like thousands of children. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, honestly, like what? We could have Beethoven and he would fight with like sonic screeches and stuff like that because he'd have to be a bat like because he's deaf, right? So, um, well, no, this is which, which, which fight game would there would be their favorite? Oh, which, which game like, would current? be their favorite? I see. Yeah. Okay. And which character would they play in it? I mean, look, Andrew Jackson was already in a Samurai Showdown, right? I'm, I'll, I'll just have to clear that out. Clear Your favorite historical figure was Andrew no, Jackson? No, it's not my you favorite. Know, I'm saying he exists. He, I'm saying he existed in a fighting game. I'm just saying that I that's know, already happened. <sighs> I'm putting in my resignation for UCB. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Who is my favorite historical figure? Yeah, that one's impossible for me to answer because I feel like I change my mind like every week on it. Um, one that I've been reading lately is Thomas Paine, who's my favorite founding father, um, because he was, he didn't own slaves, high five, <laughs> and, uh, which was rare among that crew. And he went to um, a couple of revolutions to try to get things going, and he was just a big caustic jerk, as much as he was like a great writer and had some great ideas, and was in, in some ways kind of like a forerunner of like kind of like left libertarianism kind of left socialist libertarianism. Um, I like that all that a lot. And I thought he was a good writer. I think he would enjoy just playing zoners. I think he would be a zoner <laughs> player because he really liked pissing people off. And I think he would just play to frustrate everybody and that uh, he would he would enjoy himself just by being a dick. God, that's a good one. Someone actually started bringing up some names that it just made me think maybe one of my favorite historical figures might be a Romance of the Three Kingdoms character. 
Ooh, okay. I mean, I the problem is my favorite character in that story in that whole entire storyline is Tao Tao, and he's definitely kind of the evil jerk. So I don't know. Now I now I have no excuse here. He's he's What's kind going of the on over there. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm trying to like uh, live out some weird like fantasy of being too nice all the time, and I want to be an asshole or something. Uh, either oh, that man, or what are we considering historical figure? I mean, could yeah, we count that, Bernie Sanders as a historical figure? Well, no, because that's that's present. That's not history. I mean, he kind of is, was thinking, right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's part of both, but right. I would say living living humans living in, in the present okay. don't count. Um, but I was thinking more along lines of like Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would I would like John Lennon to be in a video game so I could beat him up. Hey, what the heck? I was just about to say I would like to see John Lennon because John Lennon's awesome. Why would you want to beat up John Lennon, dude? You should you should look into John Lennon's past, dude. Dude, I know all you about John Lennon's past, dude. I know. <laughs> dude, he beat his wife. Did he? He beat he beat his wife, dude. That John I... or James? A John is that my right? James. <laughs> Like lead singer for the Beatles, like that's who we're talking about. Right? right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He beat the shit out of Yoko Ono, dude. Did he? When did, he I was, didn't. He was he was openly openly misogynistic. Huh. Uh, he said that's some weird. real questionable shit about wars and race. Like he was not a good human. Interesting. He made beautiful music. Right. He made yeah, beautiful yeah. music, and I love the Beatles. But holy shit! Yeah. John no, I don't think it would have been Yoko. It would have been his first wife. It would have been his first wife, not Yoko. Oh, Cynthia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Cynthia. That's yeah. Right. Okay. I was about to say when you said Yoko, that kind of threw me off for sure. Yeah. yeah that dude sucked. Yeah. That dude sucked. Well, the Beatles are amazing, but for me, Beatles, yeah. I would amazing. also think about uh, maybe someone like uh, uh, Bruce Lee. I think would yeah, be a really cool Bruce one. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think the the term historical figure is too broad. I need to, to yeah, it's, that it's right. It's impossible to pick, for sure. All right, uh, let's move on. So, ex Casmer on Twitter asks, "What if Super Mario had a gun? Uh, if he had bullets to go along with that gun, that game would go a lot faster." <laughs> so, I mean, it's completely open ended. It's completely open ended here. It's there's no point to it other than what you want to make out of it. Yeah, I what if he didn't have bullets in that fun. gun? He just had an empty gun, it's just a chamber. I mean... How do we know he doesn't own a gun? He might be a, he might maybe, be pro-NRA. We don't know anything about Mario. You guys don't know. Have, yeah, you don't not, know anything about have you not seen the Fire Flower? I mean, kind of does, mm. right? In Smash Brothers... He can pick up a super scope. He can pick up all those lasers and stuff like that. Sure. We don't even have to imagine it. We've seen it plenty of times. <laughs> so I just don't even think that there's any, there's nothing left to the imagination at this Mario point. Mario keep that thing on him. Mario has had guns forever. <laughs> Do you think that he would use his guns to take over the Mushroom Kingdom? Would he commit a violent insurrection against Princess Peach? You know, she's turned him down so many times. You think that eventually that turns into him? Turned him down? Dude, yeah. have you? When did Peach ever turn him down? She's throwing it at him. Dude, she freaking straight up, I don't, spoilers. 
She straight up rejected his marriage proposal in a recent game. Did she? Like straight oh, yes. up. Body, Mario. Just yeah. straight up. Like, no, not right now. Dude, I was thinking like the end of Mario 64. She gives him the kiss on the cheek, everything as well. You know they're going in the castle after that. They're going to handle business. They're going to do what grown folks do. I don't think so. I think that's never I, I guess not. I guess, I guess, yeah. I, guess I, think I mean, never had there's always the joke anyway. out there that, you know, mm. she was kidnapped by Bowser again, you know, and Mario's yeah, just completely yeah, oblivious, right? So, never know, man. You never know. Spoilers in the, in the <laughs> video Mario game. game. With yeah. the Mario storyline of video games. <laughs> Listen, man, important. Well, to be fair, though, Miyamoto said every Mario game is just a play that they're acting out. Right, right. So, yeah. Mario 3, you can see it's like very intentionally designed that way. Everybody knows that. All right, let's move on then. What if <laughs> Super Mario had a gun? Well, he already has a gun. And in my head, he overthrows Princess Peach with it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> insurrection Mario. Yeah, he's an insurrection. That's a special edition um, popcorn. Oh my God. Insurrection Mario. He has a That's red hat on. He does have the red hat. <laughs> I mean Mario three Mario three's whole intro is like it's setting up a play, right? So I mean right, yeah. yeah. Alright, great answers everybody. Uh okay. <clears throat> do it, do Hex it. Hexmaniac on Twitter asks Which fighting game character got the best toes? I'm not answering this question. <laughs> you gotta answer this question. I'm, 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 I'm answering the Ultra Chen mailbag on the Tuesday show. Arbiter. Arbiter in KI has the best toes. He has like four of them. I'm gonna answer this question Zangief because he clearly has the strongest footsies. Because he plays the most footsies. There you go. That's my answer. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm gonna be a jerk about it too. My answer is Kappa Honda with his nice little webbed feet. It looks like he can swim real fast. Those are effective toes. They're the best toes. Best toes. <laughs> Nodicon asked. Thanks for the input. With a late mailbag, why does the FPC have a foot fetish? <laughs> well, Nodicon, let me tell you. Yeah, it's not the FGC. <laughs> oh, man. It's a lot uh, bigger than that. Everyone loves feet. Thanks for approving our feet preferences. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on Discord, Zisu asks, which series will be the last to get official rollback? So Mash Brothers, because Nintendo is going to Nintendo, or Tekken, <laughs> because Harada thinks he already has rollback. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny thing about that, they're both developed by Namco. Uh, so who knows when either of them get rollback? Same I'm day. definitely going to say it's Smash. That will never happen for Smash. It'll, we'll, we'll be on Smash 10, and there's, they're going to be playing Smash in 19th 10. century netcode. <sighs> Maybe, I, I, I don't know, man. That's a hard call. Which, which, which series is getting a game next? I bet Tekken is getting a game before Smash. Yeah, but also so, Tekken 7 has been out for like half a dozen years. That's what I mean. Like That game is old. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll find out soon for the next couple of years. Yeah, I Nintendo. I mean, too. Nintendo hasn't figured out online at all yet, right? I mean, their online has just been abysmal in all sense. I mean, we still have friend codes 
So, you know, expecting rollback anytime soon, you know. But also, they just added Netplay to Mario Party on Switch. That's right. right. Yeah. And it has good netcode. Does it? It's not rollback, but the netcode is good. Yeah, it's good. Have you played it? Uh, I've watched lots of people play it on Twitch. I feel like did, that would be particularly really the 10O crew. I've yeah, I was about to say, didn't they do a Friday Frenzy on it? They did do a Friday Frenzy, and and Seg stole a win. Oh wow! <laughs> Seg got very lucky. I'm thinking about getting that game because I think it's. I haven't played a Mario Party in a really long time. It looks super fun, and I'm jealous of everybody that has a switching and playing. You don't with have to play that. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool to play. Dude, did you see that new game that Nintendo's coming out with? It's like Mario Maker, but for anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that game is going to be dangerous, dude. Like, me and Olaf love that kind of thing. I didn't buy Mario Maker 2 specifically because I didn't want to die, like, of starvation and just wasting away into a into a shell of a, a former human. Uh, Olaf is like, we are going to buy this game and we're going to stream it for, like, 12 hours straight on the first day just to find out all the shit we can do. And I am so scared of this game, you do not even know. I am well, so. I do. You sh you should because there's there's big content money in Mario Maker too. Really uh, oh yeah, My wife yeah. and I watch Carl Sagan forty two videos. So... Like, dude, every time I hang out with, it's with amazing. Every time I hang out with Olaf, we're watching Mario Maker two stuff, and Carl Sagan's one you, of dude, them, dude. Yeah, he's hilarious. There's big money in that stuff. Yeah, dude. Big money. Carl Sagan's well, big awesome, money. dude. He's amazing. He is an amazing streamer, dude. He's so good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, this new Nintendo that. Garage thing, dude. Oh my god, this looks like I could. It and looks terrifying, dude. Like I just think it's funny that Nintendo was like, "Fuck it, make your own Mario game." Yeah, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Fuck it, make your own video game." Yeah. Well, the craziest thing about Mario Maker too is the extent. Like, if you guys have not jumped into the Mario Maker like rabbit hole. Like, dear God, the shit that people can come up with so that when you enter a room, like, five different things can happen depending on what state they want it to be in. And it's wild how they do it. And because Olaf has looked into a lot of this, he'll explain a lot of it to me. And it's just, it is, like, the fact that you will come into a room, but they'll purposely make it so that the, piece, uh, that the, the switches are red and that you are mushroomed. And so if you die and come back into the room, the, 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 the switch is always by default to blue or something. And if you come out as small, that will create a completely different scenario because a block can actually produce a mushroom that will move as opposed to the fire flower. Or, dude, like the shit that they do in this game is ridiculous. And it's like, that's another reason why it's, I'm kind of glad I never got into it because like, I was just like, there's just so much and I just don't want to get lost in this. Like, I feel like I would be like in, like in, in, in the legend of Korra, I'm just going to be in like this giant pit of fog and get lost forever and forget who I am and where I am on this earth, dude. It's like foremost spoilers. Secondly, did you not hear David? Big YouTube dollars, James. Okay. Big, Big YouTube dollars. Big. You could so, be a hundredaire in no time. To yes. play the games, right? But to make them on stream, not as much, right? So, well, you got to have a mix, of course. Right. Yeah. All right, and then uh, the last question of the night, Dead Eye Dave on Discord just wants me to review the M Press flat hitbox that I got 
because I have had it at this point for a couple of weeks, especially compared to my own split boxes. Well, I'm sorry to say that I have not made that yet. Uh, I'm planning to do a whole stream on it and a YouTube video on it to have more detail, but extremely shortly right now. It's amazing. Please check out the Empress. Love it. It's designed extremely well. It feels fantastic. Uh, the layout for me is not exactly what I want because I want to have the thumb up button a little bit closer to the rest of the fingers. So it's just a little bit different for me. But as far as like people who are accustomed to the regular hitbox layout on a, on a stickless like this, uh, I think it would be amazing. It really feels super, super good. It's at the same time really thin and easy um, to like carry around mm -hmm. and also like weighty enough that it's not going to go slipping and sliding. And the buttons feel really, really good. I love how they feel. So. Portable too, man. That thing Great is going to be so yeah, travel friendly. Well. I almost want to see if someone can create like a joystick attachment mod that you can put on top of the buttons just in case, you know, to make it work. But that would probably cost more than the joystick itself. <laughs> that surely would. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, love it. Uh, I do not have the junk food micro. That would be cool to check out as well. So I, I can't compare them directly. But I really, really like it. Like I said, I'll do a stream and Dude, you should on just hit up. Sure. You should just hit up these guys and be like, hey, I can do reviews for you. Send them to me, you know, and get a free copy of it or something like that. Well, you know. Or you just prefer supporting them, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll make the video short. That was a weird laugh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, then. I will not ask. I will not. I don't have anything to hide. It's not being weird. Uh, all right, that's it. I don't have anything else in the mailbag. <laughs> what are you giggling at? Now I'm giggling at the fact that I giggled weirdly earlier. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Jesus Christ. Can we uh, burn right. them already? <laughs> we should probably burn them. God. Thanks for watching, guys. All right. Yeah, thank you as oh, always, you everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Me, Thanks David. to uh, the subs. We had one from Balbury. High five. Yay. Nothing excess. Huzzah. Oh, I missed the raid by OG War Destroyer, but thank you very much for that. 16-bit with the sub. Woo! Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>